Today's podcast is sponsored by Jack Frost Big Boulder Ski Areas, where the snow comes first. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The film What Men Want stars Taraji P. Henson has actually a lot of cool cameos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the film as well. And we have two gentlemen in our studio who are starring in this film. And uh, we are very, very excited to have them here in the studio. One definitely needs a musical setup, as you (laughs) would imagine. That's got to happen pretty much wherever he goes. So we would like first to welcome the one and only Mr. Richard Roundtree. This morning, good morning. Richard, good morning. And our next guest, I don't know, I could play something from Showboat maybe because he was uh, (laughs) nine years old when he made his Broadway (laughs) debut in Showboat. But I don't have anything. How about Leverage or uh, something from Leverage? All this Hodge is here. Good morning. And I want to make sure I get it correct. Aldous or? Aldous. Aldous. Okay, I was was curious about the pronunciation. No problem. Thank you, gentlemen. We've had a lot of excitement about uh, your appearance here today. Uh, so a lot of people wanted to come in and make sure that they were, as you can see, all the cameras and stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full house up there. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm a massive, uh, well, as, as many people are, I, I fanboy out on Shaft all the time. Richard, I'm a massive fan of yours. I love the movie all the time. And, and concerning this new film, uh, there was What Women Want. And I was, I always thought it was a cute movie, but I always thought there was more that could have been done with it. Because it, to me, it sort of provided behind-the-lines intelligence, you know, for for uh, uh for uh, men to see what women think and i think this has i think it could have had a little more oomph to it and it appears that what what uh, uh men want get goes there oh brother we got some oomph. yeah yeah got some oomph. <laughs> please believe and we it, got some i mean oomph. hilarious stuff and you have a, a, a great cast and uh it 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 has i love a comedy that has a bit of an edge to it yeah and i i think the first one sort of was soft it was a little too soft, you know. You, you, you need to really get to the matter. So, uh, w- what drew you guys to this project, Richard? Taraji. Yeah, Taraji. She's awesome. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she's a di- and she's she's per- it's the same thing. She's playing a sports agent who who gets passed over for a promotion, yeah. and and through um through a. Uh, uh, sort of a mystical way, no glass ceiling, right, right. But, but she she gets she gets this ability to hear what men are thinking, and it's off and running. So, yeah. uh, w- would you like to be around a woman in real life who could uh, decide, d- 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 you know, figure out what you're what Absolutely you're thinking? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need those problems. You're good to go. Aldous, you you were in a movie with Taraji, but I don't think you yeah. guys shared any scenes together in Hidden Figures. Yeah, so we did Hidden Figures, man, and. Um, I'm really happy about the fact that on on this go round, uh, we actually got to work together in depth, man. Yes. It's like like Richard said, what brought me to the table was also Taraji, and then also our director Adam Shankman is incredible. The man is a is a genius with stringing together different sorts of comedy and and just keeping the tone, you know, right and keeping that pace up, man. He has but, a proven track record for this stuff. He's very yeah. talented, yeah. Yeah, and and. and what I also love about this is the fact that the audience gets an opportunity to see Taraji in a whole new light. Mm-hmm. I've always known that she's she's funny. She's I mean, funny. She, yeah, and and you know, yeah. she. I was a fan of uh, you know. I, I mean, I knew her basically from from some supporting roles and then Empire and big fan and 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 then but but um, she can do it all. But I, I think yeah. she's the perfect person to cast in this role because oh, you need someone who can make a sort of. Um, not Scrooge like, but that sort of transformation, you know, who 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 comes to uh, there needs to be that viable transformation. You have to like the person going through it. 
Yeah, I mean, she's likable 100% all the way through. Um, and the thing was, she's dealing with, you know, dealing with being a woman in a male-dominated environment at her job. Yeah. And having, like, you know, Richard said, having to break through that glass ceiling. You actually get to understand what it is like, what her experience sure. would be like. Yeah, you know, yeah, as yeah. As a woman, because a lot of women go through that today. But uh, then you have the legend here being her daddy. <laughs> Oh, uh, Mr. Smooth. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. It was cool, man, being able to work with <laughs> Mr. Roundtree. I have to tell you, I watched Shaft again last night. I have uh, a couple of different versions of it, and I, I've always loved the movie. I've, I've loved uh, you for, for years. Uh, you are the, the quintessence of Smooth in that character. Knowing uh, that, was that your second film, Shaft, or your first um, in, in your in your film career, Shaft? No, I was in a film, uh, What Do You Say to a Naked Lady? Oh, uh, that was a uh, candid camera yes. uh, movie, correct? Yes, yes, yes. That was my. That was your first role on film, yeah. Yeah, and then and then on to that with uh, Gordon, uh, Parks. Gordon Parks. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the great Gordon Parks, and uh, that that just holds up. Our, our, I assume, uh, Aldous, you're a, you're a, a massive fan as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I'm I'm a student of the game. I've been in this business <laughs> since I was two. So when you get around people who've been doing it. And you can just sit back and soak up because as an artist, you're continually learning. Sure, you know sure. What I mean, so be on, be able to be on set between him and Taraji, yeah, and their massive careers. I'm just like I'm, I'm gonna sit back and take these notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Richard, you, you've had a great career, uh, but early out of the gate, you you set the tone with this iconic character, and a few people have done it. Not that many though. Stallone with Rocky, and, right. and there could be a few more. What what is that like? Of of now you're. You go on, you live your entire life, you've done other things, you've had success, but you've always got that. You'll always be Shaft, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, is that, you appreciate that, you know? I do, yeah. I do. Uh, do you feel a bit constricted by it? You think? <laughs> oh, that's, see, that's, we, we, we fanboy out over it. So I, I guess I can understand if you're pelted by it all the time. But you've done great stuff. But it's, you know, watching it yesterday, and it, it just holds up, and it's up a, it's a time. Well, it's, wait till you see the one that's coming out in June. Okay, so this is... Three Generations of Chefs. Right, right. Samuel L. Jackson's my son, and he has a son. Oh, wow, because okay. Samuel L. Jackson... Okay, very cool. I remember, yeah, I remember the, the, the Samuel L. Jackson, and you were in that one as well. I thought that was a great movie, so they're going to take it a step further. Oh. And have another generation. Quantum Leap. Oh, nice. <laughs> Quantum Leap. Okay. All and right. it's... It started the what is considered the second golden age of Hollywood. The seventies, you know, started. Uh, you know, the, I mean, there, there would be no Quentin Tarantino without that seventies, that that massive string of of great, you know, uh, essential movies. And and that that film set a tone that was copied and, you know, time and time again. I wanted to ask you about this movie. Uh, what what men want? Uh, you have a great supporting cast. You had Tracy Morgan, yeah, uh, on set. Tracy's awesome, but we've you know we <laughs> he can be a he can be a handful. What was he like uh, working with? Well, the thing that's great about Tracy, he's authentically him, right? So what you're yeah. seeing on screen, like he just brings that humor to say just naturally. Like the brother would come into the makeup trail in the morning, blasting the radio. We out there, you know, getting ready, but kind of having a little bit of a party. It's a nice kickstart <laughs> to the day. You know? Right, so he brings the energy. Right, um, but. Uh, the thing that's just awesome about him is his personality is just so on. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just it's it's exactly what you're getting on screen is is his nature. Right. And I think that as a comedian, 
the man knows his timing. He knows his skill set. He knows how to hit that punchline when he needs to uh, because it's just coming from him naturally. So it was awesome to work with him. Were you allowed any room for improvisation when you were doing the film? Because I assume you, he's somebody oh, you sort of let run. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, do, you, do you both embrace that or is that... Um... You, you have to. Yeah, yeah. You have to. I mean... You want the audience to have fun watching it, so you got to have fun doing it. So you got to, you know, be with a team that understands, you know, give you give you space to create the characters and act it. That's what you're doing. Right. And, you know, give much credit to our wonderful director, Adam Shankman, for allowing us a space to do, to really do our jobs. You know what I mean? Right. But we have so many moments in there that was just off top, just from us vibing naturally, bringing it to the screen that you can't get if you're too restricted. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. they just let us run, and we had a good old time. All right, so Richard's playing the father character. Who are you in this film, Aldous? Well, well, well. Yeah, yes. I suppose... He's buzzing around my daughter. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> you're the love interest. I'm trying to court this man's daughter. You know, what happened was we met one night. You know what I'm You know, one thing led to another, turned into a little uh, relationship. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to... Um, I'm just trying to keep my head in the game, but I got to wow. meet Pops in this... Uh... <laughs> Man, if I had to meet Richard Roundtree nah, as, as the dad of uh, of the, the girl I was courting, I, I don't think I could emotionally endure that. Yeah, Stand yeah. up straight. <laughs> well, you got a good track record because you got the locked lips with Janelle Monet and Hidden Figures and now Taraji <laughs> in this movie. Right. Life ain't so bad. No, no. Life is, life is not bad at all. I'm not complaining. At all. No, but how, how... So, obviously, as the, as the movie sets up, though, she, I'm, she can hear what you're thinking, yeah. and that ain't going to lead to anything good, I would imagine. It leads to some fun. I'll uh-huh. say some shenanigans. Yeah, well, they, yeah. in, in the sex, well, there's a sex scene, that, <laughs> and uh, every guy. Oh man, I think there's, there's every a, guy a, a has love making scene. There's a love making scene. Oh, there's passionate love making scene. But I like I like when movies will sort of peel off the layer and admit if you we all have commonality and experiences, yeah. and there's certain things that will throw off your game. It, it's it's happened with my wife where. She'll say, "What's that face?" Or, or, yeah. you know, or, or, and it's just the nature of the deal. But are you yeah. talking about the highlight reel, as they yeah. call it? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. During, during right. the throes of uh, this, maybe we explore that so, a little. So, yeah, uh, when you talking about what's that face of it all? <laughs> yeah, you you get those answers directly and immediately <laughs> in that scene. Trust me. I want to ask you guys about uh, an actor uh, who used to be a joke, and then I think he learned that he was the joke, and now I think he's hilarious. And that's Brian Bosworth, and he does the he's, he's, he's in the movie with you guys and um he did these dr pepper commercials over the la- there that are hilarious and it's uh, partly because he's making fun of himself mm. what was his role in what men won and and um was he like that on set boss is great man so he plays taraji's boss okay right? yeah. the guy who's unfortunately putting his his foot on on the neck yeah, 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 yeah. And he's kind of a jerk um He's kind of a jerk. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, not in real life. I mean, he's no, awesome no. in real life, <laughs> right? You know, in the movie, yeah, he's that guy. You know, yeah. and him and Taraji, they go at it. But honestly, he just he fits seamlessly, and he does a fantastic job. He really does. The, the boy brought out his acting chops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? um, but that's the thing that that's really awesome about this uh, film to me is that there's so many different types of comedians, different types of comedy going on and you'll be surprised by a lot of people. Erica Badu, you're going to be surprised. Yeah. She's hilarious. Well, yeah. I, I love the fact that there's, there's, um, you know, there's, there's heart to it as well because I think you, you, you laugh at stuff that resonates as, as true, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. that, that's, that, 
it's 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 the, 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 a version of observational comedy, and that's what makes it work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you something just on a, on a side trick about your career, and I don't know if this is Wikipedia lore or, or legend. Oh, you starred as two different characters in two different Die Hard movies, correct? I did. You did. I Was did. it Die Hard with a Vengeance yeah. and? Um, fifth a good day hard. to die hard. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, How I did... actually, I really like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Hey, who were you? In? I, I would imagine you were a I little played, boy. Yeah, I played Raymond. I played Sam Jackson's nephew. Okay, wow. okay. Yeah. okay. Which would kind of make me <laughs> Richard's <laughs> grand nephew. Grand nephew. Grand nephew. Yeah. There's a whole new movie there. So, I don't know why yeah. you're not in the next chapter. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> you deserve a brother. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So technically, <laughs> hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a whole mess going on here, <laughs> Richard. Do you do you enjoy uh, comedy? Uh, do you enjoy that that aspect of uh, you know trying uh, exercising those That's acting muscles? Scary. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting because this role is a very straight role. I yeah, mean, he's, he's dad, die hard, die hard, dad. But a straight <clears throat> a straight role is essential to getting the laughs. You know, you've got to have someone to react off of. I think and Andre Brower in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. That yeah, character yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah. That's the funniest character in the show. Comedy is difficult and yeah. scary for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me the straight character. I can, I can do that. You right, know, I can handle right. That, but you. Throw me in the comedy. I'm doing one as we speak. A, a, a new series is coming out. Uh, um, dang. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's coming out. This, you this work summer so family, family reunion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and you have a director. If a director understands that, though, and can utilize that, I mean, you know, that... That means everything. You remember the the original Airplane movie? Mm. They took actors that were not normally associated with comedy, stuck them in there, and told them to act it you know, straight away. Uh, and that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was saying about Adam is that he knew everybody's flavor and he knew how to how to really... Adam actually brought together. me to this role. Yeah. Because he directed a lot of Being Mary Jane. Ah, yeah. Which, mean, which, how many years did you do with that? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Do you, do you do you like serious stuff? Do you you know is is that um is that uh, we were asking? That's yesterday. my lane. Yeah, that's <laughs> your lane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For an actor is because the question came up. We were talking oh, about uh, we're talking about Law and Order, Mariska right. Haggerty, uh, and uh, the uh, being on a show for d- decades. Is as an actor is that um, simultaneously wonderful and uh, confining? You know, or is it is it is it is it the equivalent of an actor's nine to five job? It's specific to the person. Yeah. yeah. Some actors want certain careers and some, some, but it all depends on what will fulfill you at the end of the day, right? You right. You want to work happy. So you get to a point where sometimes, you know, you love your job so much, you're locked in and that's just what it is and you're happy being there. Other times you might want to just grow and explore a little bit and then you go try to do that. It's yeah. tough to yeah. switch lanes because you got to work for people to give you a shot, but, um, Case in point, like, I, I did a series back in the day called Leverage. We did, mm-hmm. you know, a few years, and, you know, it was kind of like a, a caper kind of, you know. Yeah, I'm very thing. familiar with yeah. Timothy Hutton, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so most people, you know, I was able to flex a few acting chops, a few comedic chops there. Most people don't realize I did stand-up comedy from, like, 11 years old to 18 years old. Right? Oh, kidding. But since Leverage passed, it's been straight drama for yeah. a long time. So when this came up, much like Mr. Richard. I was scared because yeah, yeah. I know that I love comedy, 
and I want people to see me in a comedic space because I just want them, you know, but it, you stepping back out there and, you know, people will be like, hey, bro, uh, <coughs> are you funny? <laughs> uh, do, can you do yeah. this? And you got to prove it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Gotta, you, you really you got to work for it. You got to prove, prove it. But but I tell you what, man, it's interesting about that series stuff. When it hits, it hits. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and Leverage has been off the air. I didn't even know it. It could still be a current show. It's on so often yeah, still. We ended it production. We ended production in 2012. In 2012, it's and still it still going. feels You're like still a current it. show. Yeah. So residuals are nice, as I'm sure they keep coming in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a different time hey. for residuals, bruh. It's a different oh, yeah. time. Is it? It's a it's a different day. For really? Wow! Well, I'm just happy so much that people still watch the show. Well, yeah. it's funny because we we did a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny, and, and yeah, like yeah. occasionally I'll get, we'll get, I'll get a check for like three dollars. Yeah, seven yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what you say is, you know what? God dang it! This is three dollars I didn't have <laughs> yesterday. Right. Exactly. You know, you know what, Jesus? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be grateful for these three. <laughs> that is that is thirty chicken nuggets of Burger King. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, my man? Yes. That's that's, that's <laughs> yes. God dang it! So, that is the glass half full. You. Um, by the way, uh, I don't know what your your promotional tour is like, but are you going to be back in L.A. for the uh, SAG Awards this weekend? Because you're a SAG Award winner. Ah, uh, yes. yes you are. Uh, we're, we're all SAG we're, members. Yeah, you see, we're, all, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not saying you have to suck up to us, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we vote on the... Unfortunately, yeah. I will not be back for the SAG Awards. I got work to do. You got to work. And we yeah. think, I think the best part about being in SAG, I, obviously the health care is really good, but... Around this time of year, when we get all the the screeners, get screeners. DVDs, yeah. Yeah. Screeners. Yeah. isn't that great? So hold up, I want y'all to remember this conversation though, because when the SAG Awards comes around next year, yeah, and you get the screener for what, what men, men want, want, we know. Yes. I'm gonna need you to not act brand new. <laughs> <laughs> don't act like you don't know nobody. Uh, I we to, came up in here. We said, no. <laughs> I want to ask you, Richard, because you, you you played football in high school and and then college, and and uh, we're obviously very good at it. As we are, are around the time of the Super Bowl, is this special for you, or you, did you? Are you still as uh, every bit the football fanatic, or where, where do you stand now? I pull back quite a bit. Uh, I go to an annual party out in uh, do you? California, yeah, yeah. and uh, the betting is her- <laughs> terrific. <I> mean, <laughs> uh, how 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 intense do you go? It, it, get to, it gets up there. The okay. Tickets, yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Asking a man to spill all the seeds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, those block pools, you know, depending on how much you're willing to spend on a block, I know uh, people who will do, and this, maybe it sounds like chump change, but to me, $1,000 a block is, is a lot of money. Yeah. And what people will do is they'll pay. That's 30,000 nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what a lot of people will do in this is they'll, like, every every month they'll give 100 bucks, you know, because, you know, 1000 Bucks at once is sure. a lot, a lot of money. But yeah. I mean, you could stand to win tens of thousands of dollars if if you hit. You know, this so I don't know true. if we're talking that kind of money. Well, no, we're man, not talking so- that kind of money. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm crazy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how the movie opens. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's looking like it's going to do pretty damn well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We feel, yeah. Oh, we yeah. feel, we definitely, no doubt, yeah, absolutely. Sure. It looks like a lot of fun. So uh, February 8th is when the uh, the movie premieres, and it is called uh, What Men Want. So you won't want to miss on it, gentlemen. It's been an honor to meet you. Thanks for coming by Likewise. here this morning. We enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you to Richard Roundtree and Elvis Hodge, guys. Dude. What women want, and then look what for the next uh, Shaft film. What in. men want. Oh, sorry. What Come men on. want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was another movie. <laughs> Call what women want. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Kathy Romano, very attractive young lady. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Very attractive young lady. She and years ago caught our eye when she was doing stuff on NBC. But if you've ever <laughs> had fantasies about her feet, uh, I'm going to ruin it. We're going to kill that for you now. Well, some people call them feet. Other people call them talents. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, the, other, the only reason I'm telling you this is because I'm like, I'm so bummed about this. So... <laughs> Two years ago, it's just it's just like something. So listen, I'm not <laughs> dying of any sort of no, 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 no. In terrible fact, disease or it's, something. It's but quite it's, common. Yeah, it's just really stupid. So about two years ago, um, I was running, jogging a lot, you were and running. I cracked my toenail, my big toenail, Ugh. and it never healed. So for about two years, I, I had a crack up the center of my big toenail, and uh, it just wouldn't. Every time it would grow out, it would re-crack. It would just split right up the middle. Can I ask how far down the like toe? about halfway? Jordan, really? Okay, so down into what they call the quick. Yeah, okay. and it wasn't it, it it wasn't even sore. We're not like quite there, but anyway. it, it didn't hurt. Like nothing. It just was a crack in the toenail. Whatever, uh, and I would. I I got so annoyed that it was not, um, it wasn't healing that, so at the nail salon, they put like a silk wrap on it. So it's basically just like a covering over it okay. uh, to help it, the nail grow out. Okay. Well, so what, it holds it together while it grows. Yeah, okay. it holds it together like while a, it grows. Like a nail splint almost. Yeah, almost like yeah. that. Well, what happened when we did that was that it then uh, basically trapped any moisture or whatever underneath. So now I have a toenail fungus. Oh. Okay. Oh, Fungus on you. I have a fungus on my toenail. I was once beautiful, (laughs) and now my fungus is eating away at my feet. Yep, that's pretty much how I feel. So, Uh, it's common, though. Uh, It it happens with... It's common, but to get rid of it is like a bitch. What do you got to do? Do you have to wear, like, toe cots, like finger cots? I could potentially have it for years. Really? So I went a to the doc. Fungus. I went to the doctor because I I know that it can get like really. You if you looked at it, you wouldn't even like. You'd see the crack, but you wouldn't even know that there was a fungus <sighs> under there. But I wanted to catch it. I wanted to you know to do something about it because I don't want it to get into that gross like funky nail that people right. get. And uh, you don't want uh, not, uh, not to be indelicate. You don't want it to work its way up to the vajayjay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's closed off yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a garage door put on that. Uh-huh. So my options, right? Went to the doctor. My options are uh, this medication that I have to first have my liver tested for because it can uh, to, to make sure that my liver is functioning correctly because it can affect my liver. Yeah. So you know me and medication. I was like, well, I, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Also, she told me like no if ands or buts. You cannot drink alcohol while on this medication. Wow. Okay, so they're, they're medications. In I'm fact, out. <laughs> I think the fingernail, fu- it's the same thing, basically. Same thing, yeah. So, and you have, yeah, it, it is, I've heard that about the, the, the sensitivity for the, the liver and this medication. So if Dr. You- Mike actually mm. suggested that I don't take it. 
Okay. Uh, so then the second option is this uh, topical. Amputation. No, this topical that you put on the nail, uh, and you have to make sure that it just goes on the nail. It doesn't go on the skin. It can irritate the skin. You How do you keep it? it if you're wearing shoes and socks and things like that? How do you I th- keep I it? I guess that's why it take, it, it's so difficult to get rid of because... Uh, well, maybe you have to take time where you'd sit for an hour with your foot up and you put that stuff on. Well, you know, I, oh, I, I've, I've already started that. However... I mean, they, every day, but anyway. They, yeah, yeah you, you have to do it every day. Yeah. Uh, and you have to kind of be, you know, diligent about it. You have to do it every day. But it will take a year to two years. <laughs> with the topical. Oh, that sucks, man. Like, are you kidding? Those were my two options? Like I, failing liver or yeah. two years of a yeah. nail fungus? I, I agree with Mike. Obviously, he's, he, he's the, you know, the best doctor around, so he's... Uh you know anything that's going to might potentially screw up the liver. So, so if you if you do your sitting with your knee with your fingernail toe nail <laughs> ointment, how long do you have to make sure it's intact and sit there? So you have to do this every day. How long are we talking? They every didn't day? say. She just said put it on. You know, put it on the nail. I've been doing it at night so that I can just sit with my yeah. you know my foot out and before I go to bed and can, I kind of it's like an it's kind of like an oil so it stays on there. It doesn't mm-hmm. really wipe off like even if you put a sock on. All right. But of course, I am looking into like. Alternative methods here because I need. I, there's no way I can't, I'm not living with this for two years. Well, I need to get a pedicure, guys. Yeah, I yes, no, I hear you. Guys. Do, do whatever you do. Don't let the eyebrow king know about this. You have no. lots of fungus. Get her out of here. Yeah, he'll never see you again, even though it's at the opposite. You are banished your from the kingdom. Case, yeah. hey, so I haven't had a um, a pedicure in a really long time, and and the main reason I did that was because I was trying to get the nail to grow out. So I was like not touching it. I wasn't doing anything. wasn't going for pedicures. I was trying to get this to grow out. Then I went and they suggested doing like this silk wrap thing, which I think screw- completely screwed me. Sounds like it did. Yeah. But listen, there's I, I so I read about it. And there's like all these different methods that you can use that supposedly help it go away. So like what? most times I'm like, OK, well, let's just we'll, we'll skip past this because it's really not going to work. But if you do have an alternative method, send it to me because I, I'm not going two years. I'm, I'm going to take some calls here in a second. There might be people that can help you out with that. But I, I listen. And I'm the king of ointments, Kathy. I mean, I have psoriasis, you know. Yeah. I'm just, you know, just, you got, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Oh, my God. You got to put that crap on every day. And actually, I could, there's a medication I could get that'll just fix it up right away. But, but some of the side effects yeah, are like, you know, butt. potential for lymphoma, you know, and stuff. Oh, let's see. I could potentially get cancer or have clear skin, you know. Yeah, well, your right anus now. might fall out. Right. So all these things that just don't make it worth it to do the risk. I might do it, though. Oh really? Have your yeah, anus fall out? Yeah, no, not oh. have my anus fall out. But it's with my toe again because what what some people don't understand is psoriasis affects your nails as well. And yeah. so, and I'm a former foot model for Christ's sake. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, it, I have this severe pain in my my big toe. You don't and want it's, that. It's from that, and I'm thinking about just going and, and, and taking the medication. And actually, they're they're injections that I have to give to myself. Right? <laughs> so you talk about. But I've done it before. So years ago, so I had vitiligo. Years ago, they misdiagnosed it as. It's not tinnitus, but it sounds similar to that. It's a skin condition. Mm-hmm. So one of the cures for it, or one of the ways to um, uh, mitigate it, is by applying Selsun Blue when you're when you're showering. Mm-hmm. And so for about a year and a half, I look like a Smurf, <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, and it was totally missed. I like, oh my god! But the the crap of putting that on and letting it dry, mind you. I know there are people who have very serious issues, and, sure. and, yes, uh, and is, it's yes. all relative, and this is very easy to do, and there's oh, yeah. and our hearts go out to you for that. But just in this basic stuff, and I, I, I know what you're saying. You, you, 
you have to be practical. Are you going to be able to do that all the time? Well, listen, and will you be able to do it, it for two years? If, right. I mean, that just seems like I, I'm look, basically looking for the third option. What's the quick fix? There's well, you go to the beach a lot, too. Well, there's, there's a laser treatment, um, apparently, that you can get done. It's fairly new, but uh, one doctor was like, eh, it doesn't really work. And then another doctor said, no, it'll work. You'll see a difference in, like, six weeks. So I right, you, you can doctors, put your top back on. <laughs> when doctors disagree. Yeah. You know, come on, man. I know. Don't we all agree on this? Let me go to uh, Stephen here. Hi, Stephen. Good morning. Panel 7. Hey, how you doing, guys doing today? Good. What's up, Stephen? Uh, my wife has a big toe fungus too, cap. And uh, awesome. believe it or not, she's used um, Vicks Vapor Rub, and it's actually gone. It's got how? It on once in the morning, once in the evening before bed. We've gotten a lot so of texts read, yeah, saying that. I read that. I read that. Really? That the Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah, I just, you know what? I. I just don't want to make it worse. Like, you know, of course, I'm reading that that's like an alternative mm. option. Kathy, your feet smell oh, like I grandma. Yeah, I, Hi, grandma. Oh, I love Hi, grandma. What's that? Oh, my love- God, that's a great smell. <laughs> my fungus has cleared up, but I can breathe. Uh, no, I love the smell of Vicks. Okay, yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, uh, listen, um, so have you. Thank you, Stephen. Um, did you, you've seen it mentioned online? Are there any About side Vicks. effects or downside to it? To the Vicks? Yeah, I mean, it's just a regular ointment. I can't imagine it would do anything. I know. And it's so, and, and Nick, problem- you're saying you're seeing a lot on. Uh, a lot of people texting in that, that that's a, uh, a home yeah. remedy. Yeah. I just don't want to, I just want to make sure that it. It's not going to make it worse because the problem with mine was the split up the middle of the of the nail. Like a normal, I guess you know, if you you have a normal nail with a toe fungus, you're putting whatever you're using on top of the nail. But mine is actually going into the skin because I have that split. You mm-hmm. technically have a togina. <laughs> I do have a togina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a rare medical condition. Yeah, so this this actually this gets confusing. It wouldn't be a camel toe. I mean, it's an actual it's toe. It's an actual toe, so yeah. it's a togina. Togina. I like Roy that. Uh, I'm going to go to <laughs> Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Good morning. I like turtles. Oh, great. What's up, Stephanie? <laughs> Kathy, has your doctor taken a sample of your nail and looked at it under a microscope? Oh, God. Oh, God, that just made me throw up. Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm 35, and I've had trouble with my toenails since I've had fungus issues since I was, like, 25, so for, like, 10 years. And the problem is it's not going to last that long for you, but the issue is that I didn't get it treated right the first, like, five uh, or six years. Okay. So I saw three different podiatrists. I had issues where my nails would ingrow. Mm. Not at the end of the toenail, but way at the base where it grows out. So they literally Ow. have to do a surgical procedure up the side of the nail to remove a sliver of it up the side. So they were slicing open. They were, they were slicing open your tail to take care of uh, your tail. They were slicing over your toe <laughs> to take care of that. To take care of the ingrown issue. Yeah, that's horrible. The fungus going on causing mm. that that no one ever treated. And huh. then I got, took a round of that medication where you can't drink. I did that two or three times, had all these liver tests done. Nothing was helping. And finally, after years and years and years, I went to a doctor my friend recommended. And he said, let me take a sample of the nail and look at it under a microscope and see what kind of fungus it is. He came back and said, and and Steve is going to have a fun time with this, that it was a yeast fungus. Ah, <laughs> so it is a togina. He gave me it could be, <laughs> but he gave me diflucan, which is a medicine that your gynecologist might give you for yeast infection. Oh but wow! Five weeks after doing several rounds of months of that other medication, five weeks of it this stuff, and it was gone. 
So I have, okay, so I have to tell them I want them to take a sample yes. of it? Because you could be treating the completely wrong fungus. Okay. So there are all these different kinds of fungi. They're going to throw, you know, one kind of medication at you that might be the most likely type of fungus, but it could be different. Well, that, okay. that's actually sage advice. And so, uh, so uh, taking a sample could simply be just clipping the toenail, correct? It, it's not like he's taking off your whole toenail. It's yeah, he's just a just little clipping, like a little clipping. clipping your toenails. Exactly. He can pick which half of the nail he wants to clip. Stephanie, did you do any of like the Vicks or any of the other methods? I know not Vicks. I have heard of that. Um, I've also heard about tea tree oil being an option. Yeah. Um, I still have like lingering issues from just years and years of it not being treated correctly. Um, so I might go back if I still have problems. But um, I have heard of the tea tree oil, and my my. The podiatrist also gave me a um, something you put on like a nail polish that that also has antifungal properties in it. Um, it sounds so, like you have some options. Somebody yeah. here, yeah. Kathy, is saying that you can bedazzle your toes with sucrets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know what? So the oils, so before I went to the doctor, I tried to treat it myself, and I read about the oils, and one it was tea tree, and the other was oregano oil. Yes, yeah. So I ordered it. My entire entire house smelled like oregano from like two little drops on my toenail. No kidding. I'm wow. not kidding you. The whole house okay. smelled like oregano. All right. So people are texting that in a lot as well, Kathy. Tea tree oil, oregano essential oils, also something called, and I'm not familiar with this, malauka or malayalka. Okay. Um, and uh, apple cider vinegar. That, well, you know. You know that's exactly what my mother said when I called her. Did she say you should soak, soak it in it? in apple cider vinegar. It'll be gone in a few weeks. I'm like... Kathy, follow me down to the dungeon. <laughs> yes. I'm going to whip up something. <laughs> uh, let me see. I have Brent who used to work for a podiatrist. I uh, Brent, good morning. Uh-huh, very Speaking nice. Kathy's nice. language. What's up, man? Okay, so I used to work for a podiatrist, and the only thing we did was treat this fungus. The condition's called onychomycosis, and... Nine times out of ten, it's caused by a fungus called T. rubrum. Rubrum means red. Now, the lasers that we use target red pigmentation and through ablation pretty much cause them to explode. It doesn't so, hurt. Wait, so you, so you did, the doctor did the laser treatment? I did it. You did it, and it, and it is effective? It's absolutely effective. The ugliest toenails I've ever seen in my life, and I did this for a substantial period of time. I treated the guy once. And I came back in six weeks, and he had two millimeters of perfect, clean toenail growing in right behind this just monstrosity of a foot. All right, so let me ask you, Brent. So so you, you do the laser treatment. Does Kathy, so if, if Kathy does this, does she have to be taking any sort of medication? Or you, is the laser enough, and then you just let it take its course? It's just the laser, but now the other stuff is going to help prevent from spreading because, you know, um... Sometimes it can take two treatments because if it's deep enough into your your uh, vagina, <laughs> the podiatrist said that it's not vagina. it's not bad, right? Um, but yeah, a lot of the stuff that these people are talking about they'll work with like you know the yeast infections. But if you have an actual full on fungus, it's not going to do anything. I've seen. You know, several podiatrists that tried, oh, no, no, just put the Vicks on it. No, all you're doing is bleaching the top of your nail. You're not killing anything. All right. Okay. Um, what, and what is the name of the laser? What, what's that procedure called? There's, it's just uh, laser fungus removal. What's it? Do you, a, very creative name. Do you know what Aerolase is? What? Uh, no. Aerolase. Yeah, yeah. That's how you bleach your nipples. 
Oh, he squeezed in the pink or brown. Uh, um, all right, interesting. There's, there's, a, there's a doctor in Wayne that I used to work, that I used to service his patients, and he flew on bleeds in it. Um, it's worked for a ton of his customers. You know, look him up. It's right off the main line there. What's his and name? I'm telling you. I can't remember. It's, I haven't done this for like six years. Just look okay. up Wayne Rotting Toes. Right. See Rotting yeah, Toes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brett, thanks for the uh, the valuable information, well, man. He seems to know his yeah, stuff, Kathy. Yeah, uh, I definitely do. All right, I appreciate it, man. Take it easy, man. All right, let's Later. go. To, let's go to another know-it-all because uh, he's, as you would imagine, called up immediately. He knows his stuff. Dr. Mike Serigliano, yeah, hey. Medicine, Fox 29. Good morning, Dr. Mike. You know, uh, you're turning into a medical show. <laughs> There's a lot. What the heck is going on? Now I know, Kathy, why you... So uh, am I... Uh, are we allowed to talk about your toes or just toes in general? Or you're, any? you're giving you permission. No, I, uh, yes. No, I told them I have a toe fungus, and I, I did go to a podiatrist, not the one that you recommended. I had okay. to go to a different one. All right. So <clears throat> basically, from an internal medicine point of view, uh, I, I, a lot of podiatrists will use uh, antifungal medicine. The, the problem with that, it, it, it can have some side effects and it's uh, uh, metabolized through the liver. And, and I get a little uptight about that kind of thing because as far as I'm concerned, uh, unless you have diabetes or recurrent infections of the skin known as cellulitis, I, I kind of live with, with toenail fungus. It's, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. But one of the uh, treatments that I use is topical and it's called Jublia. Uh, it's prescription, and it's, it, it works quite well. And but that's a, the stuff they said could take up to two years. Well, are you going to be on the cover of Toe? I just <laughs> might, Dr. Mike. You've seen this woman. Oh, my God. I mean, so you, you could use the laser. I agree with that gentleman that there's, there, there are some successes with that. Uh, some people use uh, uh, systemic medication. I just get a little uptight about, you know, I, I'm much more concerned about my liver than my toenails. Uh, and so, so what I would do if I were you, because the Jubilee that I've prescribed to patients, and I have, by the way, I have absolutely nothing to do with that company or yeah. anything else. Um, it's just topical, and it works better than some of the other drugs I've used for the last 25 years, like Penlac. Uh, but forget some of these other things. I heard people say tea tree oil. I mean, you can soak your toe in, in, in all kinds of things, but really, it's it's not going to get to the to the root of the problem. Uh, but it, it's everywhere, and the problem is it comes back. And, and so, unless you're a diabetic or you have recurrent infections, that's where we really get nervous about toenail fungus because it can lead to very serious conditions. But, um, I mean, I, I, come on, Kathy. I so mean, so what? So should I do the laser or so, just so, do the topical? Well, you could do the, what I would do because I believe, remember, Preston, I don't like to do anything invasive mm -hmm. unless it's absolutely necessary. Now, I, I've never heard of anyone having a complication from laser treatment of the toenails, but what I would do is try the Jublia. I can give that to you. I mean, I, I have it. Well, is that what they gave you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's she, what her issue. She does not want to. She's a, the uh, the concept of two years of applying this ointment is not thrilling for her. She said, so she if, said, uh, "I've got to do it for forty eight weeks, and then we'll see if right. if there's a difference." Well, but the bottom line is, is that's what if he says it's going to be gone in a month, then one, you're going to be disappointed, and two, it might work sooner than that. I've had patients where it's worse. So one year, and then what about the um, the caller who said I should get a biopsy because it depends 
depends on the type of, of fungus. Should no, I be- I've never, I've in 25 years, I've never heard of that. I mean, if someone has recurrent problems where, uh, you know, nothing works, then maybe, but, but it, I wouldn't do that. I've never asked to do that. And in, in all my years of practice, what you need to do is treat it. And I think that if you use the Jubilee, and by the way, I'm not a podiatrist, but the podiatrist agrees with what I'm saying, do it. All right. Sure, and uh, what about what about the, the laser? Is that is worth exploring? That's, a, that's another option. All right. Yeah, I think Again, I'm going to try that. I, I, I think that, uh, uh, that there are a number of ways to skin the cat. But if you want the least invasive, non-obtrusive way to deal with this, I'd consider the antifungal topical uh, treatment with, with Jubilee. You know why we, right. we keep talking about this stuff? Because we want you to call in so we can save our $25 copay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, at Fox and and with you guys, you're all my patients. I, yeah, I just set up shop over there and it's, it's doing, uh, really honestly, we just said you take a studio and put a put a, be, a a bed in it and some of the medical equipment, you'll be set. Yep. Well, but what I love about your show is that you have great music, you have great comedy, and you touch on things that are meaningful to people. That's what makes your show so far superior to everything else well, out there. Thank you. Thank you. We Dr. love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you. You know what, Kath, I, I didn't ask or I didn't, hadn't heard asked is, does it hurt? No, no, that's what I said. It it, it wasn't oh. the split of the nail. It wasn't painful. There was nothing. Okay. Can we see it? No. Why? I, She's self-conscious about it. it. It's a no. togina. You don't show that to everyone. No. Coward. I'll show you no. mine. That's I have, why I need it fixed by sandal season. I have horrible toenails. I hear you, Kath. No? <laughs> no, I'm not showing you. Do you want to talk to a podiatrist real quick? Yeah. All right. Uh, it's Dr. Larry is on the line. Hi, Dr. Larry. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you all at work. It's all good. So you are a podiatrist, sir. I am, I am indeed. Excellent. I have nothing to say. Dr. Mike beat me to the punch. Oh, okay. he did. Okay. <laughs> but Dr. but Mike... it says here that you think Kate, uh, Kathy should get a biopsy? Well, that's the only way to identify the, if it is a, f- a fungal infection and what type of fungus it is. Okay. Well, let me to the lab and let them tell us. What is it possible because it is a toe gyna? Should you get a pap smear on it as well? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Never hurts. Never hurts. All right. Set up. I could do that. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Doctor Larry. Nice talk to you. Appreciate but the don't concern. Do, don't do the laser because you're wasting your money. Really? Really? Yeah. Son of a bitch! You can't it's, get a consensus. It's a waste of money. It's it's temporary at best. It'll make it look good for a while. The fungus can come right back. <sighs> Well, what about, okay, so what about the topical and the laser then? Topical will, topical takes a long time, like you said, 48 weeks. It, the Jubilee is very expensive. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah. The, medicine, the medicine is very expensive. Wow. Very expensive. Can I, you use the laser to shoot the Jubilee off your toenail? <laughs> Absolutely. I just we just removed the toenail so it doesn't grow back. You're done with fungus. There you go. Ah! <laughs> Just do Very it. popular. All right, Dr. No, Larry, no. we got to go. I'm sorry, man. Thank you. We appreciate it. Wow. All right. Well, interesting. I never would have thought Kathy would have fungus growing on her body. Well, so. I mean, it still looks good. There's but... a yin and yang. <laughs> ah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. We need to take a break. Stay down. What's new? Glad you asked. Weezer. Fozzie. Dirty honey. 
New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Our next guest joined the Marine Corps in 1942, and he still looks just as dapper in his dress blues as he ever did. Sensational. Uh, He's a Philadelphia man and recently had a uh, wonderful performance at the Phil's game, uh, and he played God Bless America on the harmonica. Please welcome to our studio Mr. Roland Sorinci. Good morning, sir. Welcome to, uh, to uh, our studios, and happy to see you here this morning. You look great, man. Well, thank is that, you. Is that your original dress blue uniform? I sleep with it. No, <laughs> well, and so you should. You clearly yeah. iron it because it looks absolutely perfect. Wow. Thank you. That's great. Well, listen, so, um, number one, we were just talking off air, uh, the... Um, uh, the anniversary of the 75th anniversary of D-Day is this week, tomorrow, I believe. Yes, sir. And um, you weren't part of that particular operation. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a very large theater, uh, World War II, but you were in the Pacific uh, portion of the of the struggle. Yes, I spent three years in the Pacific and uh, had a lot of experiences there. Yeah. And, and uh, you joined the Marine Corps when you were 17 years old? 17 years old. I had just finished seeing a movie, Guadalcanal Diary. It inspired me. I know that movie very well. Anthony Quinn is in that movie. Richard Jekyll. Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, and so you joined, and you had to get a parental permission to join early. Correct. My mother had to give me permission. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. My mother gave me the permission to go. Uh, they told me, being seventeen, I had to get her permission. Yeah, yeah. Not an easy thing for a mother to do. Well, imagine. she cried a little bit, but you know, I just kissed her goodbye, mom, and that was it. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a. Well, they're all passed away. I had three brothers and three other brothers and uh, four sisters. And they, the brothers were involved in uh, in World War II as well, correct? In the, in the uh, three forces. brothers, yeah. One in the Navy, one in the Army, and I wanted to join the Marines. And thankfully, everybody made it back safe, right? They did. Thank God. Yes. And, and in fact, I read the um, uh, there there was a feature that was run about you in the paper here in Philadelphia. All three brothers when you got back. Yes, sir. And uh, that must have been nice. Yeah, we all come back at the same time. Well, that was uh, actually, uh, uh, we all decided to come home, but it wasn't planned. And yeah. we all met together before we went overseas and did our duty. Y- you, and uh, it was great. You wow. think of the, the, the odds against that, all that was going on. You were um, part of the, um, the, the uh, you were in Okinawa, correct? Right. And you saw you saw combat? Yes, sir. I did only on Okinawa. Yeah, and uh, so there was. I think it was the the largest land invasion of 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 the of the Pacific theater. Correct. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, so it's a massive undertaking, and and here you are all these years later. And I got to tell you something: the, the the Marines do it right because you're in excellent shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, sh- I owe it to sh- my wife, believe it or not. What's that now? I owe it to Gloria. Yeah, you my beautiful it? wife. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, met her on a bus. In West Philadelphia. West there. Philadelphia. And, and she got on the, st- the stop before me. It was very fortunate because when I got on the second stop to go see where we used to go dancing, you know. Yeah. She was still counting her change. And when a bus jerked, she fell in my arms. Oh, that, no way. That was the greatest thing that ever happened. You know? oh. How much did you pay that bus driver to make the bus jerk? <laughs> I should have paid him. I should have had his name. What, what did you say to her when she fell in your I arms? I asked her where she was going. She was going to Shafu to go dancing. Uh-huh. And I said, well, how about if I meet you there? Would you save a dance for me? She said, sure. Oh. And I looked at her. I'll tell you, this is the honest truth. Uh-huh. I've been, I, when I came, I was in China, 
I was in California, uh, uh, Washington, D.C., Great Lakes, Illinois. I've never seen a girl m- more beautiful and glorious. Oh, uh, my goodness. Now, that's a God's honest truth. You, well, you've seen her picture up on the, the screen. She's up right now. Yeah. I mean, she looks like a movie star, and she still does. She's uh, a pretty girl. How many years married? 72. Wow. 72 yeah. years married. That's, that's awesome. Well, she took good care of me. She watches everything I eat. Yeah, uh, she uh, had me quit smoking when I first came back, and you know, from uh, the Marine Corps, I used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. Oh, yeah, uh, you're a dapper-looking fella in that uh, in that tux on your wedding day. It looks like too. Yeah, in fact, I was locked out of the church when we were getting married. <laughs> you were locked out of the church. Please, it tell. happened to be snowing. Tell us the story. And it was at um, on the Hafford Avenue, same part of his church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard a music playing, but the door was locked on the side door. Uh-huh. And the snow's hit me and get me all wet. <laughs> Did you step out for a cigarette or something? No, or I, I didn't realize. What, well, they told me to go in the side door. <laughs> okay. So uh, I heard a music playing, and my wife is walking down there, and I'm saying to myself, she's going to wonder if thing I, I walked out on her. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's funny, they opened the door, and I... They're all waiting for me, and I'm full of snow, and, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it was funny, but <laughs> oh we had a lot of fun. Yes. It was a lot of fun. That's great. I, I lived a good life with my wife, uh, really a good life. Wonderful. Yeah. How about the uh, music and the harmonica? When did that enter your life? Well, I picked it up at eight when I was eight years old, and mm-hmm. uh, my brother, Arthur, th- thank God he brought this harmonica for me. The rumor is that you're a, a big Sinatra fan, is oh, that yes. correct? yes. And uh, and so it would he be uh, your favorite besides obviously patriotic music? Uh, Sinatra's at the top of the list. Yes, sir. Okay, all right. By the way, I got a great text that says you guys have Captain America and his wife Peggy Carter. On. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That's nice. So Marissa, our uh, producer, had sent over uh, the video to me of you playing at the Phils game, and it said you were going to play "God Bless America," and I start to watch it. And you know what I loved you did is you you jazzed it up a little bit mm-hmm. you 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 lightened it up and and listen I'm all for very very traditional and very patriotic versions of uh, of, of of patriotic songs like that but I also like ones that add a little character to it yeah sure. and I really appreciated that you did that oh right. is that your own interpretation of God Bless America yes sir okay yes sir um could we trouble you to hear a little bit of that right now. Right. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah. yeah would that yeah. be fantastic? And we'll, we'll play some other things, too. We'd like, yeah. to, like to hear some music and talk to you some more, if you don't mind. It's my pleasure. Whenever you're ready, Roland. I'm ready. All right. Fire away. God bless America. Is that yep. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. cool jazz riff. I want to ask about joining the Marine Corps at 17 years old, heading yeah. to Paris Island. You're a teenager. 
You've barely grown hair in your nether regions <laughs> at that point. They knocked the hell out of me. I, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Yeah. What was that like? And did you ever think, oh, I got myself in over my head on this one? No, I really didn't because I enjoyed it. I figured if the DIs could make you learn and they have to do it every day, I yeah. figured, what the heck? I'm only doing it this one time. And I went through the training and uh, it was tough, but I didn't see the minor too much. Well, also, also, I think, Roland, at a certain point, you're learning that, I mean, you know where you're you're going, you know what the conflict is, and you know that you want to be trained to the best possible level, and so I'm, I'm sure that figures into it as well, correct? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Um, about D-Day, um, when, where were you when, when that took place? I know you, but I mean, when, when you heard that the operation was underway. Well, right? I was in the South Pacific. Okay. So, so still with the Jets. How how did that affect you when you heard about that? As well, I was happy to hear about it yeah. because I knew my brother Norman would be safe. See, he was fighting over there. Okay. And, uh, but I, uh, was on o- Okinawa at the time. And it's a funny thing, uh, uh, the 6th Marine Division was on Iwo Jima, mm-hmm. and uh, they had taken that picture of the flag being raised, and the right. sergeant major came over to me and told me, Roland, you ought to see this picture, that they raised this flag on Iwo Jima. And uh, when I saw it, you know, it brought tears in my eyes. No kidding. Yeah. Did you, since, since we're celebrating the anniversary of D-Day, did you see that as the beginning of the end? That, yes, sir. That it, that it yes, was sir. what it was? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. Well, that had, been, that had to have been a great morale boost then. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. We knew the war was going to be over soon. Yeah. Roland, when we got out, when you got out of the service, uh, what, what was your line of uh, employment? I know you ended up working at the Veterans Affairs Office for a while as well, right? Well, I worked with Mushroom Transportation Company. Then it became Associated Transport. I was a billing clerk. Then I became a paymaster. And uh, the, the company went out of business after 33 years. I worked there for 33 years. And then when did you work with the VA? I work, I was a security guard at the VA. I took a course uh, to be a security guard at the age of 82. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd hire you. And I passed it. I passed it flying colors. And uh, I became a security guard for C&D security. Uh, it was great. And... Uh, could you imagine, Preston, putting on so on your job application, well, why do you feel you're qualified to be a security guard? I fought in Okinawa. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, did you ever work at a uh, at a paint shop, a paint store? Well, I had a painting business myself. Oh, I have uh, Rob, who managed that store, is on the phone line real quick here. Hey, or I'm sorry, Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, hi. So you worked Roland. with Roland? I actually managed the paint store on Cotman Avenue, and, and Roland was my all-time favorite customer. Hey, Bob. Um, <laughs> Roland, I don't know, remember the stories you would share with me about some of your um, some of your events over in Okinawa, specifically I, I a sure certain do. body part you guys would play soccer with? Oh, yes, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention too much about that. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's wild. I was so happy to see you on during that Phillies game. I'm like, I got to reach out to Rowan, and I just had that guy had MMR on. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I, I got to see if I can get through and then say hello. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of you, Bob. Nice. All right, thanks, thanks Bob. Bob. We appreciate the Thank call. You. Take care. By the way, Roland, 96 years old. Did you shake his hand? Yes, like a vice Firm grip. grip. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd like to ask about the uh, the medals that you have uh, on your uniform. Well, one's for the uh, fighting in uh, South Pacific. One of the medals. One is the China medal. When I got to China, they had machine guns on the corner. They hardly had any cars. 
but look at it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, you can't even get by. There's so many cars in China. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going across a bridge where the, uh, a, a rickshaw was there. I was driving a Jeep, and, and the wheel was about uh, eight feet high. Mm-hmm. It was a, a man's pulling a big load, and I happened to hit the hubcap, mm. and that wheel flipped down. And uh, he was waving his hands. I just kept going because I don't know Chinese, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do, argue with him? <laughs> what, what, what year are we talking? What years in that China? That year we... it had to be about 1943 or 44. I know. When we finished Okinawa, yeah. you know, we went to China. Okay. It's wild. Uh, yeah. And from China, uh, I was uh, sent to uh, California, then Great Lakes, Illinois. Okay. But you've never been to New York City? Never been there. Oh what? Well, I know. Right Everybody the says, you know. Well, my wife, she, she likes to keep me home for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love her with all my heart. Yeah. But this girl, it could be, you know, I don't want to say pain any. She's a good girl, and she's watched over me, and I want to be here unless score you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I love her with all my but heart. But she didn't want you going up to the Sin City there. Well, I know that's Vegas. Well, well, she didn't look, want you to go to New York, Sometimes you have to do things you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is something I love, you know. I love this in my, the, the way people have been so kind to me. Uh-huh. And I, I just like to say, uh, I, I want to say hello to all my fellow Marines, you know. They're the greatest people. I love them all. And I just keep safe. And uh, God bless. God bless all you Marines. I love everybody. Don't don't forget. You know, we all did it together, mm-hmm. Army, Navy, Air Force, and whatever. But uh, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm home. That's wonderful. We're happy you're home. Um, how about we play another song? Sounds good. All right. Yeah. What would you like to play this time? Any anything you want, Roland. Uh, you know, and if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Roland Scarinci who is here, and uh, 96 year old World War II vet. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, and a harmonica player as well. Musician. One of Steve Wonder's songs. Right. Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. Isn't All right. she lovely? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great song. All right. Awesome. Here we go. Out trying to play the harmonica like that. I wanted to ask a little bit about your family. Your father uh, immigrated from Italy. Yeah, he from, came from Florence, Italy. And your mother is from Florence, New Jersey. Florence, New Jersey. <laughs> it was meant to be. Meant to be. Love at first sight. Now, did your mother have to learn how to make a good gravy because her, her <laughs> husband came from Italy? Well, she did her best. And I'll tell you, my mother worked so hard with seven in the family, you know. Oh, wow. And uh, she was just a 
beautiful lady, my mother. She had beautiful eyes. She's, she was English. And uh, my grandfather was an American, born here. And my great-grandfather was born here. Mm. So it goes way back to the 17th century. My great-grandfather, John Petty, knew John Logan of Logan Square. Wow. Uh, they used to trade with the Indians on uh, an island called Petty's Island. If you heard of Petty's Island. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. it's around Burlington. Okay. And, uh, well, it's, it's part of history. And uh, I just uh, I just loved being an American. Mm. You know, I, I just love this country. This country's been good to me. If you can't make it in America, you can't make it any place. And I just love people. I love everybody. I don't have an enemy. I'll tell you that right now. I don't have any. If anyone's listening to, to me speaking right now, if you think uh, you're an enemy of mine, call me up and let me prove it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Wow. Can I ask for one uh, for you to pass along some advice to our listeners? Because we love hearing from people who've been through some stuff over the years, and, and it seems like you have, but you have a great attitude. Well, number one, you have to love people. Mm-hmm. If you don't love people, you know, you're, you're sort of lost in that respect. Uh, go out and enjoy yourself. Eat the right foods. Don't smoke. Really, I I mean it. Don't smoke because, you know, you, I I go to cancer centers and uh, I play my harmonica there. But I see a lot of these uh, patients uh, that are suffering with cancer because mm-hmm. of smoke. So I would suggest that, you know, get rid of it. When I quit smoking, uh, my wife tells me, you know, people didn't know about cancer before, about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the greatest thing. Uh, I owe my life to Gloria. I'll yeah. tell you the truth. Did she, did she want you to quit smoking because she didn't like it herself? No, or she, she knew said it was no bad one, for you. No one in her family liked it. Mm. No one in her family smoked. And she figures, you know, I, I don't like the smell of it, you know. So I took a whole pack of Chesterfields and threw them out of the trolley car window. And that, <laughs> and that was it, cold turkey. Cold nice. turkey. Yeah. It worked yeah. the first time yeah. out? Well, I would reach in my, no, my arms for a cigarette, you know. <laughs> yeah. My shirt. And... Uh, it was a habit, but, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. stopped after about a few weeks. Okay. All right. You so know. you're able to do that. So don't smoke. Eat well. Yeah. Uh, love people. Anything else? Any other bits of advice? Eat the right food. Eat the right food. I have lettuce every supper. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of spaghetti. <laughs> That's the right But, you know, it seems to keep me the uh, same weight all the time. So, uh, well, you're in great shape. Yeah, I like uh, raviolis and stuff yeah. like that. The, Did you ever put on weight? Were you ever a little I heavy? was 168. Now I weigh about 153. Wow. But, you know, after all, 93 years old. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to be? Uh, 96. 96, yeah. What am I going to be when I'm 106? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or uh, 118. <laughs> You know, I don't doubt that. I feel maybe I'll live that long. Is longevity in your family history? Uh, not really. Okay. No, not really. What is the best decade? Uh, you've lived in a long, long time. What was the best decade of your life, do you think? Oh, my God. My young years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, I always went down to Seaside Heights, New Jersey. I used to work on the stands as a kid and make a dollar a night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the crazy things we did, but, uh, <laughs> any, what, any come to yeah. mind? When we speak to, to, to an elder, someone in their, you know, your age, advanced age, um, it's hard to, to, to put into mind that, yeah, you were young and did some crazy, stupid stuff at some point as well. And fun things and, you know, things that were questionable, I would imagine, 
Uh, is there anything, yeah, that you'd like to share with us? It was well, Seaside Heights. You know, uh, when I worked on the stands, uh, we didn't have the place to stay. We went down there as kids. We were young kids, yeah. 15, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So uh, we would go to this Hollywood club on a corner, uh, and there were three girls that would play music. There was Vicky, uh, Evelyn, and Eleanor. Vicky would play the piano. Eleanor would play the. The guitar, yeah. and uh, and the other one, Francis, w- would pay, play the drums. And, uh, you know, we I had to go and get washed before I went to bed, so we would go on the, the Barnica Bay. Barnica Bay, take our clothes off at 12 o'clock at night, <laughs> <laughs> and swim in the water, feel a crab biting your legs. And that's so how, that's how you got cleaned up. Yeah. All right. Well, we had a little salt on us, but what are you going to do? I was getting salty anyway. <laughs> So uh, then we went to sleep in this here house that my uh, friend Richard Fisher, he's passed away. Uh, his mother gave the house up and it just stayed there and no running water or nothing like that. Uh. We slept in the same bed all, <laughs> all summer long. Could have had bed bugs, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was it. Yeah. Uh, that was my life wow. for a while as a kid. Yeah. You can do stuff like that. I used to go on a Cops Creek golf course and look for golf balls and uh and uh make my money that way okay and uh one time coming home from the golf course i was eight years old i was on hafford avenue west philadelphia and hindenburg flew over my head no way and it was raining yes and uh as i'm going uh home to tell mom uh the the hindenburg turned around the city line and flew over my head again i could see the people in there wow and it was headed towards lakehurst yeah and that's where it blew up. That day? You know? Yeah. Because my grandfather was there. He was a Philadelphia firefighter. And Is that so? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's well, something. Mm. And then uh, Amelia Earhart's another one. Uh, on a small island. See, I was on Pavu. But these two Marines told me to go to this other small island, which is five minutes away. So while I'm on that island, uh, these 30 natives, 30, 30 uh, family of natives live there. Yeah. And this one native told me. And, you know, he pointed out in the ocean, uh, this was 1943, he said five years ago an airplane went down there. That was a big thing for them. they never seen it. Now, there was no war with the Japs or no war with yeah. the Germans at the time. Mm-hmm. And that had to be, that struck my mind, it had to be Amelia Earhart, because that would have been 1938, five years before, say. And that's long- she was lost in that area. Yeah, they yeah. They have write-ups at, at the Veterans Administration about my stories about that, because I have a lot of literature on Amelia Earhart, too. And I felt in my heart it had to be her and her co-pilot. No kidding. They just missed the island about maybe about uh, 400 yards and oh, wow. at the ocean and sank. Wow. Roland, do you have any items on your bucket list, things that you, you want to do that you haven't gotten around to doing yet? Uh, what do you mean? Well, is, just there, things, is there anything in life that you'd like to, an adventure or something you'd like to achieve? Uh, I'd, um, well, you know, they say life begins at 40. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My life is beginning at 96. All right. <laughs> and, I, you know, the only thing that would hold me back is my wife. She, she's a pain in the <laughs> But I don't want to say it, Gloria. If you're listening, don't laugh. Um, I bet she's uh, laughing. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Manhattan yeah. uh, on the 15th. Yep. And I'm going to play my harmonica there. 
And you're going to tear it up in New York? Oh, we're going to tear it is up. Is this why Gloria's worried? <laughs> yeah, I hope to take my grandson. That'd be something for him. Okay, to all right. We'll try and find <laughs> out what happens. He may be a spy for your wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm going to play uh, New York, New York when I get there. Ah, all right. And uh, I'm going to have the greatest time of my life because I'm associating right now with the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And, you know, when you get all... I think it pays to get old and be recognized like this, you know, because I haven't had this recognition before. Yeah. And uh, it's just beautiful. I just feel wonderful. I feel, I just feel loved. I feel loved. You know, the way that people were at the Phillies ball game. Yeah. Man, oh, man, they came out screaming and hollering at me and, you know, hollered for me. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't even get out of the ballpark. That's you know? that's fantastic. We we can all only hope for so much. Yeah, you know what I this, mean. This it's is beautiful, amazing, right? You people here are very kind to me and give me this opportunity to express myself a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I just want to tell you, I enjoy life. I enjoy people. I love people, and I love the Marine Corps. We're, gl- we're glad you're here well, today. Our, we're glad our, you spent this time with us. Our text messages, uh, Nick, you're looking at this. Yeah, uh, this, this is, is just... Uh, there's pe- some love in return. You know, pe- People are loving you back, man. They're, they're, they, the, the, the people that are texting, and hundreds of them coming, and maybe thousands at this point, of people wanting, wanting to express how much they appreciate you uh, and your words of wisdom and your service to the country... And just your your general outlook on life. So so thank you. They want me to. I'm, I'm getting these messages saying thank Roland for me. So I'm passing that information along from the population of this great. Very state. kind of anybody that writes in about me, and uh, I appreciate it so. We much. We want to have you back, and we yeah. want to have you back, uh, especially for your 118th birthday. Yes. Okay, <laughs> please. Let's right. hope, Roland. Thanks so much for coming by here. It's today. my pleasure. God, God bless you. you. Have fun in New York City. Be safe. Now make smart choices. Yes. <laughs> Okay. I'll, I'll do my best. That's what I tell my teenager. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank, let's hear it for Roland, everybody. Roland Scarici. You're all very kind to me. World War II veteran. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with our buddy, Burt Kreischer. Make sure you stay there. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic from 93.3 WMMR and Pacifico Beer. Friday, March 6th at Jack Frost Mountain, where the snow comes first. The sled-deemed best design scores a $2,000 cash prize. The best Live Live Anchors Up theme scores $500 and beer for a year from Pacifico. Sprint has $500 for the fastest sled. There's $300 for the coolest Jose Cuervo-themed sled. And some more of a gag gift for Preston and Steve's favorite fail. Mandatory sled registration through March 1st at WMMR.com. For the MMR VIP lift ticket pre-sale, the sooner you buy, the less you pay. Through February 23rd, lift tickets are just 10 bucks. While supplies last at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. There was an interesting article Steve sent over to me. It's from Entertainment Weekly, and it is a list of fake songs. Now, what does that mean, fake songs? Uh, the way they, they quantify this is music that was written exclusively for a movie or TV show and not musical-style numbers that break the laws of reality. The songs, in other words, could conceivably be purchased on iTunes by the characters in these movies or TV shows that 
music that lives in that world, but that's not in our world. A great way to qualify it. I think that's the exact way you would approach it because, and I, and I held that standard to everything that I was looking through on the list. Some of the things I didn't know, some of the shows are a little obscure, yeah. but the movies for the most part I knew. And yeah, that, that held up. Yeah, so uh, to give you an example, they, they came up with a list of 23. We won't uh, name all of them, but uh, one of them on the list is, and, and I it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Uh, Backdoor Lover by DuJour. Remember the boy band? <laughs> with uh, Seth oh. Green, right? Yeah, in fact, I, what I didn't know is the three the members of uh, DuJour were uh, Donald Faison, Breckenmeyer and Seth Green. That's great. Yeah, oh, so I forgot. We have a clip of that? We do. We have a clips of a few of them here. Yeah. All right, Backdoor mm-hmm. Lover. Here we go. Hey, that this is the same band that was in a movie, uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, The the same four guys? Get out of here, Marissa. Hang on a second here. I literally just realized that they're the guys that are getting together that never really play. They never plug in their instruments. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. they became, so in Josie and the Pussycats, which I, I is a guilty pleasure. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and this band is obviously a parody of the boy bands of the time. Uh, yeah. But uh, I found it hilarious when I saw it in the movie initially, and it still holds up. Nice. All right. So that's on this list. Uh, here's one from a TV show. We're mainly going to focus on the, the movies, but I didn't watch uh, How I Met Your Mother, oh. but you guys did. I, I love this character. Let's go to the mall by yeah. Robin Sparkles. So Robin Sparkles is the so the the girl in the in the Colby Smulders who yeah. is uh, oh, you know yeah. plays one of the characters. So she has a Canadian heritage and in Canada she was basically an Alanis Morissette That's type. Right. So she started as a pop singer and then went through her what was what was her Alanis Morissette name her her darker it was uh, there was another darker name but the Let's Go to the Mall song is so spot on. And so this is the early part the of her The early pop part career. of her pop career. Okay, here we go. And you know how my parents get whatever. I don't care if all my friends are gonna be there. Everybody come and play. Throw every last care away. Let's go to the today. So that was, that was Colby Smothers' character? Right. She so she played... Okay. Well, she, her, she was another character, her real-world character. I forget her name uh, as her yeah. character on How I Met Your Mother, but her alternate uh, character okay. when she was, it was a singer was Robin Sparkles, which begot... Is it up here in the... Uh, Robin, Robin Daggers. Daggers. Became the Alanis, uh-huh. the, um, you know, uh-huh. Jagged Little Pill version. Okay. I got it. I, uh, I hate to jump in here, Press, but uh, I, I have a question on the list because is Lost on this list at all? Nope. Okay. Because if you remember the band Drive Shaft. Drive Shaft. Hi, everybody. So yeah. that's all I remember hearing is him, Dominic Monaghan, singing it. Do they ever at one point during they play any some of the, the shows, do they play the yeah, song? Okay. Yeah, they do the backstory for Dominic, Dominic Monaghan and, uh, and his brother who becomes the drug addict. And uh, so they oh. go and they play some of that song when it first got airplay. I have a Drive Shaft t- t-shirt that uh, Chuck D'Amico got me. Drive I Shaft wear it with pride. They were underrated. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, else uh, other ones on this list from uh, the movie Heather's Teenage Suicide. Don't do oh, it. Oh yeah, I remember this. I don't remember. I mean, Me I remember neither. the movie. I Heather's just don't was the song. Heather's is a movie that got tremendous accolades when it came out. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's as great as so many people think it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. Did, Did you? you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Teenage suicide. Did they write this song after the the people started dying in the, at the school? Is that how this worked? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Neither do I. This okay. is when uh, Christian Slater was at his most Jack Nicholsonian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, from the movie Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. Yep. Which is good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. My daughter was watching it quite literally this weekend. Liam uh, Neeson's in it, right? Her, mm, isn't he the dad? No, you're you're thinking of um, Parent Den- Trap. Parent Trap. You're and right. That's Dennis Quaid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, uh, Pink Slip uh, was the name of her band. This is I, a Freaky yeah. Friday. <laughs> And they had a song called Take Me Away. All right. And so we have a clip of that. Yeah, this is at the end of the movie, right? I don't remember because they played, her band played several songs in the movie. They did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This might have been at the, the end where they do, they're putting on the big show. Pretty good movie. This is when Lindsay Lohan had so much promise. She did so much promise. She really, really. And did. now she's a ragged out club owner in Greece. Was the original movie with Jodie Foster? Yes. Yeah, I remember and it was that. with Jodie. I forget the actress. Another great actress of the time, um, who was the mom. mom. Both really likable. Is she a musician in that movie as well? No, no. She's a she does water skiing. Yeah. Okay. Believe it or not, uh, and that was the big. And they were putting on a big show at the end of it, if I recall. Because correctly. I remember in the movie there was a song called Nelby and Ty Ty, right? <laughs> Nelby. Uh, yeah. In, yes. in the original Freaky Friday. Yes. It was really. Uh, good, it's yeah. quite possible. That seems. Yes, this is the first song. <laughs> Well, ne- also Tata, I like. That was the ballad. That was the ballad. That was the big hit. So. Nappy and Tata. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, all right, there's a few other ones. Uh, I'll mention these. Let me know if you know them or not. Um, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah from Thirty Rock. Werewolf Bar. Yes, I do know this. Is Tracy Morgan. Um, how about I love you so much? It's scary from Bob's Burgers. Uh, by Boys For Now. <laughs> Somebody texted that in and said, please tell me that Bob's Burger is on this list. Okay. Bob's Burgers, by the way, it's gotten better, right? is a great show. Yeah. I will categorically say it started, it was uneven, it is now a great show, and they end each show with specific credits to that show's episode, whether it be a song or whatever. Uh, it is if you if you don't watch it, you need to watch it. It's very funny. By the way, we're getting a lot of good suggestions. If you want to call in with them, feel free to uh, let us know two one five two six three WMMR. So uh, one of them that that somebody brings up that is not on this list I saw is uh, from Almost Famous Fever Dog. Yes, scratching at your back door. It's Mike McCready on guitar for Fever Dog. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cameron Crowe and McCready were good friends, and so he helped write that song. What's the song in singles that um, that uh, Citizen Dick, Dick is playing? Oh, Touch Me, I'm Dick. Touch, Touch Me, I'm Dick. Dick. But, do we ever, but do we ever hear that? Never play. Aren't, no. aren't they practicing it? Maybe they probably, uh, I know Ed Vedder was competent on drums. Yeah. 
I know that in Fever Dog, the guitar was <laughs> incendiary. Incendiary. Um, all right, so there was also uh, from... If if you watched Fairly Odd Parents, there was a character called Chip Skylark, and he had a song called "My Shiny Teeth and Me." <laughs> uh, do we that. have that? Yeah, I we do. do. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god! What makes me happy? Fills me up with glee. Those bones in my jaw that don't have a flaw. My shiny teeth and me. He was a boy, you know, like a uh, Justin Bieber type. Oh, okay. <laughs> I liked better than that, and I think it was another Chip Skylark song, which was uh, Vicky, You're So Icky, because Vicky was the evil babysitter, and uh, Vicky, Vicky, You're So Icky. I should watch more of those. It's a very funny yeah. show. All right, so here you go. Back to movies. These are fake songs, by the way, and the the way that it's uh, defined is that a song that the character on the TV show or the movie could actually go and purchase in their fantasy world. So it wasn't so a song just performed the way some musicals just they just burst into song. No. Right. Right. It'd be like a a a a, a celebrity within that movie realm of yeah. the, the musician. Uh so here is one okay. Uh Dewey Cox. Oh. The Dewey Cox story, Walk Hard, and it's the title track, Walk Hard. But there are so many. There are so many good yeah. songs in that movie that are just hilarious. Especially the one when he goes through his Bob Dylan face. Uh-huh. Well, let's play both. We have the, well, the wall card. Do you have it? Yeah, Somewhere? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I just got to go get it real quick. Right. <laughs> uh, which, whichever one you want. Uh, but that movie is, it's, it's, gets set aside. It's worth a look. It's a spoof. It's really goofy. Uh, there's there's some slapstick stuff, but it's, it's it, it passes the Step Brothers test. I could watch it over yeah. and over and over again, and right. there's always something to laugh at. Is this the uh, this is Walk Walk Hard? Walk hard, hard down life's rocky road. Walk bold, hard. That's my creed. My code. I've been yeah. scorned and slandered and ridiculed too. Had to struggle every day my whole life through. I thought this song was just kind of okay. Yeah, it's, it's the start. It actually sounds fairly legit. But yeah. I still got a dream and a burning race to live. What I love, Preston, is that the original backers are a whole bunch of Hasidic Jews who yes. are, are yeah. and they're they're in what is like I guess their son recording studio sessions, and he's saying, you know, that the actor he's, he's great, he's been so much stuff, but he's saying you're you're not putting your heart into this. I'm yeah. going to stop this recording session, and then he plays this song, and all the the rabbis are dancing day. around, <laughs> and they uh, what's great is is they take Dewey through all the phases of of music, the you know the the early rockabilly days into straight ahead rock and roll into folk music into psychedelic and disco. he goes through all these disco he even at some point he becomes a creator of punk music <laughs> I, I was thinking about what I like if I like the Bob Dylan cocaine and he's singing so fast I'm sorry no if I like the Bob Dylan segment better or the Brian Wilson when he's crazy and has the giant orchestra oh and there's not enough didgeridoo God. yeah yeah <laughs> he's being Brian Wilson yeah he's a, right. yeah here's his uh, here's him going through his folk uh, singer songwriter Dylan phase Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. It's just, it's just absolute <laughs> drivel. It's just gibberish. Here we go. Rim job fairy teapots mask the temper tantrum. Oh, say, can you see them? Stuffed cabbages, the darling of the laundromat. The mouse with the overbite. 
explained how the rabbit. The hell is this song about? That's <laughs> 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 Meadows. No, 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 it's the, no, other, it's guy. the other guy. Okay, it's the guy he kicks out of the band and yeah. then they, they all reunite. But uh, yeah, Tim Meadows is the one who keeps upping the drug ante on him. You don't want to try cocaine. <laughs> Wrong son died. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I'd like to try me some of that cocaine. Cocaine. Uh, let me get a couple of calls here, and I'll go back to some of these, because uh, I don't recognize a lot of these. I'm going to go to Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, good morning. Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. It's okay. It's all good. Jennifer, what's up? Well, I was thinking about uh, music and lyrics, which was this romantic comedy that came out, God, I don't even know how long ago, with Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore, if you can believe it. Never saw and, it. And um, it, you know what? Some of these are on this list. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, actually, there were a lot more than I remembered initially. Uh, but Hugh Grant plays this washed-up 80s pop artist. And one of the songs that his band was big for was Pop Goes My Heart. Yes, and that's on here. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous and hilarious, and it actually gets stuck in your head. Okay. Um, but then they write a song together called A Way Back Into Love. And then he writes a song toward the end. It's like this actually kind of romantic, almost like Ben Foldsy song called "Don't Write Me Off Just Yet." So okay. the, the song, the song that made the list is called called "Pop Goes My Heart." Person, and, and also one called uh, "Buddha's Delight." Oh, yeah, that's they're like he's collaborating with this young kind of like Shakira character. Okay, um, and like like super young, and she's trying to like mess with everything that he writes. And that's why he kind of brings Drew Barrymore into the picture to okay. uh, shore up what he's doing. But Buddha's huh. Delight is like this terrible sort of uh, faux Eastern-inspired dance track that she tries to gotcha. perpetrate the younger person. All right, so, all right, yeah. all right. That's, uh, that's worth mentioning. Thank you. You want to hear it? Uh, real quick, though, before I hear that, Marissa, yeah. in um, Empire Records, are there any fake songs uh, from that movie? Absolutely. Uh, Mona Moore. I know it's one of your favorite. What is it? Mona Moore, Rex uh, Manning's song. His like new single, I can't remember. Mona Moore is the one where he's he's dancing. They show the video and he's dancing with the girls that's like on the beach, right? Yes. With his shirt unbuttoned. Yep. That's Mona Moore. Yes, so that's yeah. what he's oh. promoting. He's like a Here you washed go. up. There's a call. Hang on, let's see if this is what I'll you're talking about. I got Rob on the line. Hey Rob. Hey guys, so hey. sorry to bother you at work. No, you're okay, man. So you wanted to mention one from Empire Records? Yeah, uh, say, say more by uh, Rex Manning. I, uh, how could you forget about Rex Manning Day? No, that's right. Yeah, it was Rex Manning Day. So, so is it is it is it Monomore or is it you have it as? I, I, I forgot which one it is. Okay. I, I, I always call it Say Amore. It, it's but, Say Amore. Say Amore. But Okay, got it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, Casey, let's hear that. Okay, uh, well, this is the Buddha's song. Oh, this is Buddha. Okay. Do that being yeah. like a, a Shakira type yeah, thing, yeah. so that's what they were going for. Okay. You know what movie I watched the other day um, because it was on Netflix and I needed something to fall asleep to is The Last Dragon, yeah. and uh, there's a song in that. I mean, it's totally eighties. Eddie Arcadian's trying to develop this. Uh, oh, this, this princess who has no no mm-hmm. musical capability whatsoever. Mm-mm. Okay, you're right. That would that would count in there. What's the song that um, the uh, what's her name? The uh, prince's uh, old. Um, she, oh. she passed away. Uh, um, Apollonia? Ap- no, no. It was the, not Apollonia. It was... Um, there were two girls, and I always get them mixed up with each other. So do I. Uh, there was uh, Vanity. Van... Yeah. Vanity? Yeah, but she's still alive. Okay. So, is she... Wasn't it Vanity and Van Apollonia? passed away. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so well, look, look for The Last is, Dragon. Uh, vanity is a... Um, 
she was in The Last Dragon, but she became born again. Yeah, uh, from I mean, what I, I understand, think she might have passed away. I'm oh, not no. sure. She died in 2016. Oh, yeah. Okay. Silence. Yeah. Yep. Vanity. It was a suicide pact with Carol O'Connor. I had no idea. <laughs> that guy's an American treasure. Uh, here is another one for you from the movie uh, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, lo- have you seen this yet? I yes. never did see it. Okay, yeah. this this it's not walk hard level, right. but it has a lot of great stuff. Is this the I'm Not Gay song? Uh, no, it is called Mona Lisa. Okay. Uh-huh. And it is by Connor For Real. She's an overrated bitch is what the, <laughs> the Mona Lisa song's about. Is it? He's basically saying you're ugly. I don't know why. what the big deal is, but... Well, let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, uh, uh, we don't have that, but okay. uh, while we... Oh, wait, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Alright, go we ahead. Push my way to the front of the crowd and I couldn't believe what I Do we have the Do we have the song where he's 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 trying to virtue signal about supporting gay marriage, but keeps saying he's not gay? But I'm not gay. Yeah, I'm, but not I'm not gay. gay. Yeah. Do so, we have that? Uh, it's not over now. You can grab that. I know I'm not throwing so much list. of Marissa, but this is in the movie as well. I don't know if this is. This is a great song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what movie? Pop star. Uh, pop star. Never stop. Humble. Yeah. He's just talking about how humble he is. <laughs> That's great. Those Lonely Island guys are coming back to town, and they did a bunch of IDs for the show, which were hilarious. Yeah. It was uh, you guys honestly, that, like the tallest DJs in Philadelphia, or what? Are that you were the yeah the president was? Well, I do you want me to play those or no? Sure. All right. Well, I got to find them. President. Go digging around. I'll I'll bring up another one here. Uh, this is from uh, A Star Is Born. Uh, why did you do that to me? Is that the hit? No. Or is that the song Shallow at the end of the movie? Is the hit. I think uh, that's the song at the end of the movie. Uh, by Allie, it says here is Allie who yeah. Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga plays. Gaga. Okay, yeah. Oh, is that no. her single where she's like dancing and all that? Uh, she does the music video. I'm not sure, mm. uh, but it says, "Why did you do that to me?" Yeah, it's Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's on this list. Uh, there is a St- Steve, and this is from uh, the other two. Is that a TV show? I think it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah. not familiar. Uh, but that that is called My Brother's Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The best lyric, it says, he kisses men, that turns him on, and if you think that's gross, well, I think you're wrong. <laughs> wow. Do we have, now there's one of, Casey, one of our favorites is on here, from uh, Drive It Like You Stole It. From, oh, is it really? Uh, from Sing Street. Yeah, that's actually number one on the list. That's the thing. No, like, no, not number one. Um, I own that. Um, I own it, too. I, yo, I own that. I spent $9 to get the whole soundtrack. There's a few songs on that, on that soundtrack that I love. Up is one. Uh, I really like that song. Drive It Like You Soul is one. Well, that's the one we're talking about yeah. now. Uh, there was a caller. Did I completely miss? Did you go to them or did they hang up at uh, Boats and Hose from Step Brothers? That's one of the best. Uh, I didn't go to them. Yeah, I think he hung up. I, sorry. Okay. I think, yeah, I think he's gone now. But Boats yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good fake Boats song. Boats and Hose, yeah. That is a good fake song. That's exactly what that's at. Uh, for just for that movie, and that's it. Huff and Doback. Uh, okay, here a second. Let me go to Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Good morning. Hey, Gadzook. Gadzook. So a fake song from a movie. Which one? Um, Princess Diaries. 
they have their own like national anthem. Oh for my Genovia. god! Yes, Genovia. Uh, how does it go? Genovia. It's it's it talks about how great Genovia is. I don't remember Chelsea. Do you remember it? Yeah, Genovia, Genovia, forever will your banner wave. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's enough. It's, it's enough for a national anthem. Right. Thank you, Chelsea. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. Let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, good morning. What's going on, guys? Yo, buddy. All right, fake song from a movie or TV show. What is it? Yeah, so I remembered the name of it. I couldn't remember, but Love Actually, that song by Bill Nye. It gets stuck in my head all the time. Yes. Christmas <laughs> all around me. Yeah, it was Christmas all around, yeah, right? It was yeah. a, a sequel yeah, yeah. to his... I feel it in my fingers. <laughs> yeah. I can feel it in my, my toes. toes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. He's it was, so good, that guy. It was Love is All Around Me, and then they, they made it a Christmas song, So, it was, but he kept screwing up the lyrics when he, when he first started singing the song. That's right. That's a good one, Scott. And speaking of uh, Hugh Grant, who's in that movie, um, from about a boy, Santa Super Slave. That's yep. right. Yep. Yeah. Which is the song of which he, that's why he doesn't do anything for a living. His dad wrote a Christmas song and he lives off, off the royalties. That one song. And yeah. that's not that's not absurd. That's happened countless times. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else is on this list? Okay. This one I love. <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Inside yeah, of You yeah, 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 by yes. Infansara. Yes, yes. <laughs> that yeah. is just hilarious. When he performs it on stage. Oh, oh my God. And he's, he's like basically humping the ground while he's doing this. Russell Brand. Is he actually singing that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's really Russell Brand. At the beginning of the movie, they show his music video, and it's and it's uh, is it Billy Bush who's uh, you know on right yeah. saying we all need to listen. It's called Do Something, uh-huh. and it's essentially just saying I have no idea, but yeah. we just need to do something. Yeah, yeah, it's do we, hilarious. Do we have the Connor for real? Uh, did uh, that make it over? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, we yeah. Do. All, all right, listen right. to this. What is this? One? This is the uh, the. Uh, Virtue signaling, uh, I, I support gay marriage, but he keeps saying, I'm not, but by the way, I'm not gay. I'm not gay, but if I was, I would want equal rights. I'm not gay, but if I were, I would marry who I like. It's not fair, I'm not gay, that the government has to say. And who can love who not gay, or to which God you can pray on a gay. It gets me so angry on behalf of them, I feel passionate, not gay. So I pray for them, and I say for them, we need to make a change, not gay. <laughs> he is so freaking funny. <laughs> that is... You know, and, and even Pink actually. is in the song and she starts singing and as she's singing you see her like, what is, what is what? he singing? <laughs> that is excellent. Is, is Hot Rod worth a, a, a it is. go back? Okay. Uh, it's All a right. guilty pleasure. So here is, besides that, you have Ian McShane as, as his father. Okay. This is um this is the one of the uh, IDs that the, those guys did for us. Preston, the coolest DJ in Philadelphia. And Steve. 
These are the, the Lonely Island guys yeah. made that. For it. We didn't ask them <laughs> no, to do no. it. And they just they brought those with them, which is cool. Is this another one? Uh, no, I, I can get all of them. That's all right. Grab That's that right. one. Are you, now, well, here. Now you got to do this one. Okay. All right. Here we go. Preston and Steve, the two fattest DJs in Philadelphia. The two fattest <laughs> DJs in Philadelphia. So a lot of people are texting in, and this is one that I've heard in bars for years and years. Scotty doesn't know from Eurotrip. Is that on the yeah, list? Yeah, it's all the right. next one on this list, okay. actually. And I've never seen Eurotrip. It's all right. It, the parts of it are funny, and the girl that's in it is, is really hot. She's um, actually the, she's actually from Smallville. Well, the, the girl singing this in this video is the girl from Smallville who was uh, one of the early people into that cult, Preston. Oh, Nexium. Nexium. Yeah. So, but, but Matt Damon is is singing the song, and, and what he's singing about, he's singing a song to the guy in the audience who doesn't know that he's been banging his girlfriend. And so that's oh. what the lyrics are about. Okay, um, here, we, yeah, here we go. has the best lyric as I can't believe he's so trusting while I'm right behind you thrusting. <laughs> that that song when a cover band plays that in a band on a Friday night, the place yeah. goes nuts. No kidding. Yeah, Euro Trip is a is a cult movie. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's a great moments. no. But there's also the scene where they, the, the guy, they're both lit up in a Europe, I guess a French bar or something or a techno bar and he ends up making out with his own sister. Oh, not really? knowing about it, yeah. That's right. I've heard about that. All right, here's one. Uh, I never did see Inside Llewellyn Davis. Lewin. Uh, I'm sorry, Lewin Davis. Um, and there's a, a song called Please, Mr. Kennedy. I actually was my least favorite song of the whole thing. And, and in fact, I, that might might have been up for a Grammy. I'm not really sure. Worth playing or Please, no? Mr. Kennedy. Uh-oh. Uh, but it's, uh, I believe, yeah, here, uh, Justin Timberlake is one of the singers for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Second, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Oh, oh. I don't want to go. Don't you show me in the outer space. Oh, please, Mr. Kennedy. Oh, oh. I don't want to go. Don't you show me in the outer space. I sweat when they stuck me in the air. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of lame. Yeah, there's We've heard better. We've heard better in just this break. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anybody see that movie? I did. You I good? enjoyed it. Okay. Um, we And that's the reason why we had Oscar Isaac in studio. Um, but there's there a, a Bob Dylan type character or something like that. So he or? is a Bob Dylan character before Bob Dylan comes in and takes the whole folk thing. Gotcha. You know, so he was doing the, this folk thing and he actually, uh, you know, the story is he had a, uh, a partner that he would do his songs with a female and she ended up dying. I believe she committed suicide and he has uh, a cat. And he has a cat. <laughs> actually, I like that part. It's not his cat. It's somebody else's. He's cat. watching, right? He's watching. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hang on. I'm going to go to Marianne. Hi, Marianne. Good morning. Good morning and get Zooks. How are you? Zooks, Mary, we're good. So what did you want to add to a fake song made just for a movie or TV show? I am surprised it hasn't been mentioned yet, but that thing you do by the Wonders or Oneaters. The Oneaters, yeah. It, it's one of the top ones on this list, absolutely. So that one, there are a couple of songs on that, uh, but but this was obviously... Fountains of Wayne? Uh, Fountains of Wayne wrote it yeah. and uh, and performed it. So, uh, it's, yeah, a, that's it's correct. It's a, a catchy song. It, it, you know, it was it a little bit of a hit when it was, was it really? Yeah, yeah. it got some airplay. Yeah. It's a really good song. 
It's exactly what it what a pop song should yeah. be. It's annoyingly catchy. Did Stacy's mom? Yeah. They show them. They show them playing a couple other songs. Um, there's one that, that I liked, and this fades out here. But yeah. uh, uh, called "There's a Party Going On," and it's in a, a shorter segment. But that's all you hear from them, other than it's just funny because in that movie, they it, the song gets played so much that. And obviously, it was designed for that. It just kind of has a burnout effect. Yeah, already within the movie. Yeah, the, on, the only scene in the movie where you hear it from beginning to end is when they play the TV show. Okay, because uh, you hear the bridge and everything, yeah. but but you don't in the other performances. They just show parts of it. So, uh, let's see. Also on this list was "Drive It Like You Stole It" from Sing Street. You mentioned that, Steve. It's number two on this list. Play a little bit of it. I will. Preston, what this it. movie does. So it's this band that's coming together. It's in Ireland. Uh, it's a uh, uh, it's with John Cor- John, John Carney, yeah, who is really talented, and so he wrote all the the music or at least most of it, and and so each sort of era is captured because the older brother keeps turning the younger brother who has the band onto different styles of music. So this is sort of a dream sequence, but he's performing a song, and it, I find it incredibly catchy. You just can't stand the way that I walked out from the wreckage. It's supposed to be in the eighties. Yeah, this yeah. is like Man Eater, right? Yeah. So yeah. Man Eater was the. The, uh, The girl he's with in the movie is Freddie Mercury's love interest in Bohemian Rhapsody. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I will eventually get to this. I know you guys have been. That's her right there. I'm going to make you watch it on the flight to Clearwater. <laughs> really? <laughs> Only <to> Clearwater? <laughs> uh, Press. There is a part of this song that uh, that I whenever I hear it, I always. Think of you? Well, now I always do the the, the ball sack part, and I just I can't <laughs> I can't not. So, by the way, Casey and I mentioned yeah. ball sacks and at least once every day you have to. Uh, during the lyric of a song. So. There you go. Everybody, feel everybody that? got that. You feeling that? All right. Casey Boy clarified a <laughs> ball sack reference this morning <laughs> on a song from Sing Street. One last on this list, and I'll take a couple of calls here. Uh, Pretend to be nice is number one that they have that. It's from Josie and the Pussycats. And I guess it was their big hit. I don't remember. It was, and I remember it as being um, kind of really straight up um, alt-rocky. Okay. And I think that was the whole dilemma in the movie, right? She wanted to be a little bit more rock, and they didn't want to be so poppy. Here it is.
Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm not buying that personally, ma'am. Whatever happened to her, Rachel Lee Cook? Right? Oh my goodness! I'm, what a stunner! J- completely. And Tara Reed before 44,000 surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody pointed out one uh, on the list here. Uh, damn it! Oh, I lost it. Uh, that I thought was oh, was man. it Team America? No, Team America has all. But yeah, t- but those Am- aren't those aren't those are songs that you, they couldn't list except for. Um, Everyone has AIDS. <laughs> yeah, but but those those wouldn't be. Yeah, I guess that was a play yeah. within the the movie. Uh, but damn it, hold on a second. Here it was a really really good one that I can't believe we've overlooked here. Hang on, these, these text messages are flying by. Um, sorry, don't, I, I lost it. I was surprised that nobody had mentioned the Givens Kids and, and Bubbling Brown Sugar. Well, listen, we've hit that more than enough in music news <laughs> over the past couple months. <laughs> Where are you at? You're clapping on the one and threes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You still haven't found a press? Nope. Damn it. What nope. about... Um, play the whole Givens Kids uh, library if you want to. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's play an evening with the Givens <laughs> yeah. Kids at Carnegie Hall. What about the I Want to Grow Old with You from Wedding Singer? Oh, That's you know what? Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's the one I was trying to look up. That's yes. a wonderful song. Yep. I wasn't sure if anything from uh, Scott Pilgrim would make it onto your list, Preston. Um, you know what? There's a song in there called, uh, it's from the Clash of Demon Head, which is a fake band in the movie, but the actual song is from a real group, and it's a real song, um, and I have it on my phone, but I forgot what it's called, but that's... That's a legit. I think those are legit songs. Well, no, wait a minute. Threshold was it was a song by Scott Pilgrim's group, uh, Sex Bomb. Yes, yeah. that's I, a great song. I love that song. Sex Bomb. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. If you've never seen it, you should see it. Oh, yeah. you know what? Somebody just texted in, um, and it's, I think it's all original songs, but uh, a Mighty Wind. Yeah, um, the folk songs on there are uh, hilarious well, and awesome. There's a list time. here. Yeah, the uh, um, uh, Old Joe's Place. Yeah, is one of them that the folksmen do. And I love the duet between uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. That was actually nominated for an Oscar. It's a really pretty song. Kiss at the End of the Rainbow yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, Casey, we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, but you know what we had mentioned earlier? Uh, Citizen Dick, Touch Me, I'm Dick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently, we do have the song. Get out of here. Yeah. Go. God, I had no idea that even existed. That's great. Uh, there's some other good ones real quick. I'm going to mention uh, Rockstar, uh, the movie, Steel Dragon with Stand Up and Shout. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that's on here. Um, what else? Uh, Step Brothers. Yeah, Boats and Hoes. <laughs> Boats and Hoes. Uh, there's a few songs. Blues, Bro- Blues Brothers, no, those are old uh, R&B songs the that thing they did. The impression with Boats and Hoes is that it makes a return at the end when he's singing that. What is that song that he sings? It's a, a, a ballad. It's, I, I think it's... Um, oh, I know what you're talking about, and I couldn't tell you. And he's uh, in, in the, on the drums, he's saying, Boats and Hoes. Here you go, t- Top Secret. Oh, oh yeah. Straighten the Rug by Nick <laughs> 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 Straighten the Rug. 
Gotta give it a push. Gotta give it a shove. Oh, my God. I just watched the underwater fight scene from Doc Oh, Steve. it's brilliant. The bar, it's where they're in a bar. Unbelievably brilliant. The chore- choreography in that is just phenomenal. It they is. both jump off a, or they, off a bridge, of a train passing over a bridge. They go into the water. This is Val Kilmer and the, and the, 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 the German. And in, uh, at the bottom of a river is a uh-huh. saloon yeah, 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 from yeah. a bar. And they're, they're having a slow motion water fight. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. All right, anyhow, these are songs that are fake. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, give us a list. Thank you for your contributions. I apologize for those who've been on hold for like 20 minutes, man. I'm sorry. Uh, but we got to take a break, I've been told. So we're going to do that very thing. We'll come back in just a moment or two. Make sure that you stay close. Club MMR, buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Hey, it's Preston. Thank you to Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. The Preston and Steve Show is headed back to Jack Frost on March 6th for the 14th Annual Cardboard Classic. Go to WMMR.com for all you need to know and to pick up discount lift tickets while supplies last. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, this is a brutal but bizarre story. A third body has been in the rubble of a burned-out mobile home in California, bringing to five the number of dead in a shooting and fire that began during an argument at a golf course. You were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, police identified Kurt Bracky, who is 70, and Richard Hannon, who is 78, as the victims who were fatally shot. Kind of old to be shooting at each other. Right. Residents said that there had been a long-standing feud between the two men and the shooter that boiled over Friday at the golf course of the Casa, Gra- Casa Grande Mobile Estates in Santa Maria. Uh, the shooter has not been identified. Uh, Keith Castro said these three guys were threatening each other for a long, long time. Mm. What was the What was the starting point of this? I don't, they yeah. don't know. Responding to a report of shots fired at the mobile home park on Friday morning, police found one man fatally shot inside of the clubhouse. Another man dead on the grass nearby. The gunman is believed to have fled to his mobile home, which then went up in flames after a small explosion. Oh, my God. The blaze spread to nearby mobile homes before it could be put out by firefighters where ammunition was exploding from the gunman's mobile home as well. Jeez. Authorities initially found two bodies, one of which is believed to be the gunman's in the rubble. Uh, but said Saturday an additional victim had been located as well. Their names will be released after the coroner's office confirms their identities. But that's kind of, that's just a mm. massacre. Very bizarre. A massive, absolutely gargantuan alligator tried to cross a Florida highway earlier this month, but met a tragic end. It was struck by a semi-truck that had to be put down. The truck? And no, it had, oh. sorry, the, the gator had to be put down. <laughs> Tallahassee alligator trapper Broderick Vaughn said that he received a call about a stunned alligator walking in circles on the highway near the state's capital. Uh, He's caught the creatures for over a decade, so he expected a standard removal job. But no, the 12-foot, 463-pound Goliath that he found was one of the largest he's ever encountered. 
and it was badly injured. The alligator had collided with a semi-truck, which injured its snout and crushed its head on one side. Uh, you know, something that big is... is pretty amazing it's tragic yeah. tragic that it but but it happens what are you going to do Vaughn caught his uh, snare pole around the animal's neck taped its mouth shut and wrestled it into the back of his truck and home to his facility but it was clear the gator was seriously injured so he had to euthanize it that same day so there was no reason to keep him alive and let him suffer no uh, the highway patrol said the gator crept onto the road around midnight the exit was closed for hours until the gator was safely removed under florida wildlife regulation any gator over four feet in length is considered a nuisance and potential threat to people and property, so it can't be relocated. If they aren't able to find new homes in exhibits or farms, they must euthanize. They must be euthanized and sent to processing facilities so their meat can be sold to restaurants or tanned and used for leather products. Didn't know that about alligators. Obviously, the population is healthy down there. Yeah. Uh, if there had only been more time to plan, Kazemi Carter said that she would have had 50 bridesmaids instead of just 34. 34 bridesmaids. Yeah. Who uh, has that amount of, f- A, friends, but B, friends you want as bridesmaids? So Carter married her husband, Gary, recently on a beach in Destin, Florida. She had six Anything of her... Anything you want, kitten? She said, <laughs> she said six of her bridesmaids are biological sisters, and the remaining 28 are just close friends that she's met over time. One's an alligator. As a singer-entertainer who travels regularly, Carter said she encounter- she continues to make friends in multiple states. With only three months to pull off the pact ceremony, it wasn't easy. So she had three months before they were going to get married if they got engaged, and she managed to whip together 34 bridesmaids. And the dresses. Yeah. Well, she said, I thought it was crazy. Uh, her husband said this, uh, Gary Carter, and he said... a very big mistake. Uh, but knowing Casme, she could pull it off. Only Casme could uh, pull something like that off. When it came to the dresses and shoes... Sometimes a source of contention. Kazmi only asked that her bridesmaids wear earth tone. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's the way you do it. Not everything went smoothly for the Carters. Someone stole Kazmi's original wedding dress and her engagement ring fell into the ocean during a bachelorette trip. Uh, but she has no regret saying on Facebook, my heart is full. Of blood. Yeah. <laughs> Some dogs really don't care if, they're, if what they're eating is actually food or not. And veterinarians at Boston's Animal Medical Center say the owner of a bulldog brought in her dog to determine the cause of the animal's nausea and vomiting. And the doctors found 19 pacifiers in its stomach. Oh, wow. So yeah. it crapped out the babies. No, well, yeah, I guess after eating the babies, they yeah, would just yeah. hang on to the pacifier. No. They were like those big, round, like, green or turquoise ones. Really? Yeah. Wow. Doctors performed an, end- an endoscopy to remove the pacifiers and save the dog named Mortimer is now fully recovered from his ordeal. <laughs> and then we'll do just one more story. Frequent flyers know they'll have to remove shoes, belts, and jackets to pass through airport security. But one man tried to go a step further at Detroit Metro Airport. Early Friday morning, a man walked up to the uh, DTW security checkpoint Took off his clothes, all of his clothes, and removed a security bearer uh, to approach a metal detector. <laughs> TSA officials stopped the man who did not have a boarding pass from walking through the detector. Uh, responding police... Was and, he just looking for a cheap MRI? And fire departments did not uh, deem the man a security threat. While the man was transported to a hospital, uh, privacy laws prevented uh, them from giving further details about the condition. Oh, I'm not flying today. Yeah. Uh, and that's a bizarre file. I got, uh, when I flew 
uh, down to St. Louis. I got the pat down. They Did pulled, you? Yeah, they pulled me aside. I forgot to take my belt off. Oh, oh, man. And so when I went through the the scanner, you know, they noticed something. They're like, okay, we got to pull you aside. And the guy's like, the guy gave me the full check. Because I've never, I've never had the full frisk. I've never yeah. had the full thing. And they get up in there. You know, and uh, but the the guy massage and tug beforehand. He's like, okay, I'm going to be touching you in these areas. I'm going to use the back of my hand. Yeah. I have gloved hands. Are you okay with this? He must have asked me that like three times. I guess they just do that for you know, make sure that you give consent. Our um, safe word is going to be futon. <laughs> and he, he dug up in there. Sure enough, yeah. I was like, whoa. I mean, it doesn't bother me yeah, at all. I mean, it's not you, like the first time. Got you. Got it. Sorry, <laughs> but the music was over. That was bizarre. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I understand that, but uh, it was it was interesting. Your yeah. wife gets targeted all the time. All the time. Yeah. Is it some people? Um, you know, it's her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. We're excited about our next guest uh, being in the studio, and we actually, we had an accidental conversation about him recently, uh, a, a an amazing musician by the name of Hal Blaine uh, had passed away a few weeks ago, and while talking about him, and I wrapped up, and I said Hal Linden <laughs> by accident, and it led us into a discussion about how much we love Hal Linden. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, the man is sitting right next to me right here. Please welcome Mr. Hal yes. Linden <laughs> to the show. Oh, and we got to play the iconic music, of course. Oh, yes. So. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about Hal Blaine. I know. He was a the Wrecking Crew. Phenomenal music. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but you are in town to perform at the Bucks County Playhouse, and the show is in the mood. In the mood. And uh, we're happy to have you uh, in Philadelphia. A pleasure. Yeah. Back in Philly. Yeah. So you've spent some time here before? Oh, I've left more... <laughs> Broadway shows in Philly than <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Well, doing research on you, you uh, Hal, the, uh, you know, I, I, I was aware that you were sort of a uh, Swiss Army knife of capabilities entertainment-wise, <laughs> but uh, um, started basically as a, as, a, as a big band singer and musician, mu- multiple woodwinds, I assume. That's uh, right. Saxophone, clarinet, flute. the whole deal. And, and, um, and in fact, I think you had your—you were in the union well before you ever became an actor at the musician. Oh, union. I was a professional musician for something like uh, fourteen years well, before I, I ever set foot on Broadway stage. And you were working with people oh, yes. like like Cab Calloway and uh, well, Cab Calloway—that was on Broadway. That was on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, but I—I—I I, I was with. Uh, uh, I played with. Uh, Oh boy! <laughs> it's, all right. it's early. Bobby Sherwood. Oh, okay. Uh, Ray McKinley, Sonny Dunham. All the uh, the major bands ha- had gone by the time I joined the uh, music business. But there were all the secondary bands were still still hot. I never got to play with Woody Herman or Stan Kenton. You know the really. Uh, Headliners, but but I did play with. The, there were no pikers that you. I mean, there no, were, no, you, you were playing no, with real no. with real with real people, and and you were also a singer as well. I was the, yes, I was the the personality kid jumping out of the saxophone chair. No kidding. But I never got to sit on the little chair in front of the piano, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yes, never, right, right. I never was the, quote, boy singer. I was yeah. the saxophone player who sang. Okay. Okay, so you, you, there'd be a portion in which during the show you would sing, but you were never like the uh, the, the, the uh, Sinatra yeah. to the collective. Generally, generally speaking, we had very nice boy singers, but they were very lazy. Okay. And so uh, all the new tunes that came in, they didn't want to be bothered learning them. So... 
that was my uh, my specialty. I would be able. I would learn all the new tunes. Got it. And the minute there was a request for the new tune, they had to, you know, get Hal Hal sing it. You know. Well, it's. It, I think it's sort of fit that you're doing. Uh, fitting that you're doing in the mood. You mm-hmm. were actually in the United States Army Band for uh, a while, right? When you enlisted. How long? How long were enlisted? you a part of that? Did enlisted? you enlist? Did you enlist, or were you? In, were you drafted? Drafted. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that, but you ended up there. How? how what was that experience like? Uh, actually, it's transformative. Yeah. When I went, when I went into the army, uh, I indeed uh, spent uh, two years uh, 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 as a bandsman. Yeah. At Fort Belvoir, Virginia, and when I went into the army, you had Kenton. Herman, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Billy May, Soda Finnegan, the the, the greats, the greats yeah. of big band jazz. When I came out, they were all gone. Oh, wow, okay. all gone. I I remember I did the first gig I got on the way out was believe it or not a television show. It was a band leader named uh, Sammy Kay. Do you remember Sammy? Kay? I do. Yeah. yeah, he had a show called So You Want to Lead a Band. It was a kind of a joke show. You give a a baton to a, a a civilian and say go ahead conduct you know and right and we actually followed what they did you know, you know yeah yeah so it was it was basically oh, it could sound horrible over the place. yeah 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 yes right yeah, that was that was the joke of the show anyway right. uh i remember the show was uh ran, ran its course and uh, was, the uh, company manager said we're going on the road after the sh- after on such and such a date if you don't want to go, let us know. And um, the guest of the guest group that day was Bill Haley and the Comets. Uh, oh, nice. That's wild. Now I had just spent two years in the army. Yeah, listening only to country music. That's all you hear in the army. <laughs> and and so I really was not up on what was coming yeah. down the pike. The birth of rock and roll, yeah. The the birth of rock and roll. Rock yeah. around the clock. And he had, he had a saxophone player in the group who played one note. That's all he played. That was it. And, and I remember sitting in my chair watching him contemplating my life. I had been in the Army. I was now, what, I, what was I going to do? You know, yeah. the big band era was over. Yeah. And um, I said, you know, maybe I'll just try theater, see what wow. happens. You know, you because I, I said I have seen the future, and I want no part of it. And it's not when I was your look. So you'd seen not guys. Uh, we heard you'd seen a production of Guys and Dolls, and that sort of uh, in, in, that was in the army that enticed in you. The army, into, yeah, yeah. I I ended up doing some shows with special services, and I'm, that's where I met actors and uh, writers. You know, and then and we went to see Guys and Dolls Road Company in in Washington D.C. And I remember sitting there saying, "That looked like fun." That uh, yeah. there you go. I could try that. That looked, you know. And and then cut to you on Broadway. Cut to me on Broadway. Uh, bells are the uh, the uh, bells are ringing. Uh, anything goes. You won a Tony for the the is it the Rothschilds? You just did my whole career. You just, <laughs> you just spanned about fifteen years. There. As you're doing that, though, unbeknownst to you, there's there's an uh, somebody who sort of remembers you. Later on, who would later be, I guess, a producer for... He saw me in the Rothschilds. Right. And, 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 and he never, never wrote a... He didn't write a note. He didn't come backstage. I didn't know the man existed. 
And then you're the Barney Barney Miller. He, when when the network came with the list of people they suggested to play Barney Miller, he said, "No, no, no I've seen, I saw this actor on Broadway." Isn't that wild? From, from wow. all those, and that was you... it. I never auditioned for it. They no kidding. He had seen me on Broadway in a show, and out of that decided that that was the quality he wanted in his character. That's unheard of. Though, but but you you were honestly. To talk to uh, talk about being as fine tuned because I always thought your your character had and your performance had the essential compassion to make this character work in this comedic environment, but that this guy would just happen to remember that, and you have no audition. I think he was working on the character. Yeah. while he when he saw me. Okay, and so you used what he saw in you. And to, used yes. Wow! Wow! Yeah. And so how long? So the. Uh, to take it up to uh, Barney Miller, it was a summer, like a replacement series, initially, when it first first came on? Barney Miller, uh, the first pilot of Barney Miller did not sell. Right. Different cast? Different cast. The only one in the original was me and Abe. Yeah. Really? Yes, different cast. And um, we were told it didn't sell. That was the end of it. Dead pilot showed in the uh, in the summer, you know, as the ABC comedy theater, <laughs> how they rescued dead pilots. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then uh, in September or October, there he I got a call. He said he convinced the network to do two more episodes. Would I come back? No, I didn't have a contract. At the same time, I had an offer to star in a Broadway show. Hmm. And I, that's a, a year's work, you know, by the time you rehearse and go out of yeah. town. You know, that's a, that, that, that's a big commitment. Sure. As opposed to two episodes that might never see the light of day, you know. Yeah. I couldn't make my, couldn't make my mind up. And Did I somebody remember, help you? Huh? Did somebody help you? No. No? My, I remember sitting, the, the Broadway producer finally said, I have to know, close the business Friday. And there I was on Friday in my manager's office, and he sat behind his desk and said, "What do you want to do? Wow, yeah. with your life? Wow!" And I and it, it was this cavalier. I said, "Well, we've done Broadway. Let's try television." <laughs> nice. It was that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Cavalier, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and the show hit, and it ran slow, for eight seasons. Hit. I think slow, slow hit. hit. No kidding. Slow hit. Not not. Uh, was never happy days and, or all in the family. It, it never right? was and, in the and in this day and age, the top, top ten. 10. Yeah, and in this day and age, it wouldn't it wouldn't have made it. I mean, it would have. Well, uh, they it wouldn't was have given it, the it time. was you know in twentieth place or something out right. of fifty six shows that were on the air at the time or sixty whatever they had. Right, but it, a loyal, healthy, a loyal, but not a smash. A loyal fan base, and I remember I actually was started here because I, you know I've always been surrounded by people in in law enforcement and uh, and uh, you know family and uh, extended family and and. Uh, uh, Barney Miller was always cited as a show that they they loved and connected to because it it, it uh, Joe Womble called it the most realistic cop show, not only the funniest but the most realistic. Joseph Wambach created uh, the the the, the Onion, Onion Field and, and, and yes, Police Story, shows, and he yes. was he was the the author du jour for the New mm-hmm. Centurions. Yes, yes, he did. And but he, but that was the it was the most realistic. That's the line that got me. Yeah, yeah. Because, when you think about it, I, and I've um, since asked this question of detectives. Yeah. How many times in your career have you fired a weapon in anger? And and the average answer was never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Most detectives right. don't. On the fire, you know, on the yeah. range, you just keep their, but, but out in the street. 
maybe once they had to pull off a, a right, round. yeah, right. You watch most cop shows, and they're just. Shooting yeah, away. Down the, the right. down the alley. Meanwhile, you guys are complaining about Yamana's lousy coffee, <laughs> well, that's which is what really happens, right? It, it, the, the true uh, function yeah. of detectives is uh, information. Yep. Yeah, is getting the info. Gathering information, yep. developing sources, yep. recording that information, mm-hmm. distributing that information. That's what they do. Basically, and that's grunt work when you think about it. You're sitting at a desk filling out forms all the time. And it, it caught that whole thing. And did, how many times did the show stray from that one or two room set? I, oh, oh, um, very rarely. But there were a couple. There were a couple. I, just I, I went to jail once. Downstairs once or yeah, twice. I yeah, I went to jail there. once. Did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. There was a, uh, a show that I think, you know, all the... All the Scripts from Barney Miller came from the newspapers. Yeah. The writers would sit around the newspapers and read stories about... And there was a sheriff, I think, that refused to to um, evict some people. Uh, a story in, yeah. in the papers. Uh-huh. And they wrote a whole article about how I would not evict a whole bunch of people. And I went to jail for... Uh, I remember that episode, yeah. Okay. All right. it, yeah. So I... Rarely did we... Leave that set though. That cast, that ensemble was so um, pitch, oh. pitch perfect. You had uh, Abe Pagoda as you know Fish, and you had uh, Max Gale, Ron Glass, uh, Joe, yeah. Jack, Jack Sue. Now I was reading about him, and perhaps you can verify this or not. He 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 changed his last. He, was he in an, an internment he, camp as a young died, man? He died during the show. Yeah, I remember. And there was <clears throat> the question was what we were going to do about it. Um. Those, there were a bunch of us who suggested writing it into the script. Yeah. He had been in the hospital for quite a few weeks, so he was listed on the board as at the DA's office. And I was, I said, could be that I was the only one who knew he was really sick. Right. And then he would die, and then each character would have his own reaction to it, you know? Yeah. That was a, a concept to do. That was my thought. Yeah. And the producer who was an old old buddy of his from when they were starving said no i don't want to trade on jack's death yeah so he did he did a memorial show where the cast sat around and we each spoke about our relationship with jack and my i remember to this day what i said jack was indeed in the internment camp in utah uh my, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, and the only way he got out of it was to join the army and and serve in in Italy. No kidding. With a Jap, there was a one regiment of of those, um, and yeah, his original name was Suzuki Goro Suzuki. Hmm. And when he when the war was over, he wanted to go and he was a singer actually. Jack Su uh, appeared on Broadway in uh, Flower Drum Song. He wow, was, as a singer. Yeah. And uh, he was built, he changed his name to Sue, which is Chinese, not Japanese, oh. because it was yeah. Japanese after the war yep. were yeah. problematic. Yeah. Problematic. Yeah. problematic yeah. Yeah. And he was billed, his billing was the Chinese Bing Crosby. Wow. The Chinese Bing Crosby. The Chinese Bing Crosby. Wow. That was his billing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh. And by the way, that's where he met Danny Arnold, who created. Danny Arnold was a. Medza Medza stand-up comic, not too good, and they they 
travel bars and American Legion posts, you know, together working in the at, at the very beginning, so that when Jack Sue when he when when Danny Arnold uh, finally put together Barney Miller, Barney Miller, he went back to Jack Sue. So. Okay. Give us an idea of In the Mood, because I'm familiar, but for people who aren't familiar with it, what In the Mood is and what, what the show and the presentation is, because it, it, it's, it, it's, it's got a great vibe music, to it. The music yeah. of the 40s. Yeah. It's, you know, big band music. It's retro, remembering that, celebrating that style of music. That's how come I got into it. And there's nothing like it. I mean, it has well, it is a really no. cool, you know, I, I remember I, I saw the, the, the Glenn Miller Orchestra years ago. And and I and the audience ran the age gamut, you know, and because it's just, it's just listen, music changed, yeah, you know, but there are those of us who remember what it was like before it changed, right? And there's something to be said for it. Um, <laughs> we've been just talking about it. I have a, 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 I've made a CD of my own, yeah, some years ago, and one of the sessions, my concept was. To do contemporary songs, songs of the day, but do it in the big band style. That's an interesting concept. Yes. Oh, it went about from here to you. (laughs) 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 But but if you catch my CD, you'll hear four cuts like that. Uh, That's cool. And I covered a couple of contemporary songs, but with big band sound. Interesting. It, it, it is different. So full a full orchestra. What? what, what yeah, could, so people going to see the full deal. Band, yeah, full that, big band. that's awesome. Yeah, in fact, that's awesome. it's the uh, uh, in the mood uh, singers and dancers and the string of pearls well, orchestra. Well, that's there you the, go. Guys, oh, the show Miller. we're doing. That's the in the mood show. That's yes. That, that, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And, uh, and it's a it's a it's a great uh, playhouse, obviously, and it's a great venue for that. When I was a up and coming young actor. Boy, what I would have given to have gotten a gig at Bucks County Playhouse. <laughs> or even Lambertville, you yeah. know. By the way, is Linden... Never, never worked there. Never got a job there. Is Linden... Did you take the name Linden from, from Linden, Linden, New, New Jersey? Jersey? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's... I, I was... It was between high school and college. Uh, I, I was... Uh, I did a gig in southern New Jersey. Uh, what was the... Uh, Winter resort there um, in Lake uh, Lake Lakewood? No, there Lake, is a, there, there is, is a Lakewood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's summer resort, a uh, okay. winter resort. Yeah, I think I did a gig there that Christmas or something, and I was going back to go to college in a month or so, and passed through Linden, New Jersey, and there was this big gas tank, you know, that yeah. fills up, and goes way up, and right, yes. right, yeah, yes, and when it's up, yeah, the word Linden. <laughs> was about three stories high. <laughs> so I said, okay, yeah. good billing. There you go. It's a good name. I'll yeah. never get billing like that again. <laughs> I like it. That's where that came from. Wow. Hal, I wanted to ask you about Abe Vigoda. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents introduced me to, to Barney Miller, and I liked it because of him. And, and uh, he had this, uh, for a child especially, such an expressive face, and, and that made me laugh. And then later on in life, I realized, oh, there's comedy beyond just this yeah. guy be- making silly faces. But what was your experience like with him on that show, especially on well, the show? First of all, here's the amazing thing about Abe. He was only on the show about three years. Yeah. Really? That's just cool. three years. And he, he wasn't that much. Because he was, he was spun off. He was so yeah. popular that they spun him off on his own the show, which was not a, a success. Yeah. It was with kids, so as a matter of fact. So from yep. there on in, he made... One or two guest appearances, you know, and I came back at the end. And, yeah. You know, and he was 
Why do you remember him more than Barney Miller? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean yeah. it. Yeah. Had he? He had... was the memorable face. the uh, The interesting part was he went up to audition for a different part. Well, who, who was he auditioning for? There was a character it, uh, that sat at Jack Sue's desk before yeah. Jack was added to the company, who had an Italian name, and he had just come off uh, the Godfather. So he went up to read for that character, Lamada. I don't remember yeah. what the name was. And Danny Arnold took one look at him and said, "No, oh, I think I got another idea." Uh-huh. I scared him right once. There created fish. I scared him once also at a gas station in uh, Ringwood, New Jersey, because I was uh, pumping gas next to him. And it was just one of those things where I wasn't expecting to see a pagoda, pagoda yeah. pumping gas. And yeah. as it turned out, I guess he had like a son or a daughter who lived in that area. He, that's where he. That's where he died that, in uh, Jersey. But I was like, oh, I, I'm like, I know you, he, you know, and he was like, uh, you know, like, back <laughs> off. Kid, you, know? you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but he, and I, I think I was reading this in an interview with you, some interview where, where he wasn't that much older than you. No, are. He, he just seemed much older. much older. When we went out to do the original pilot. Yeah. Uh, he was maybe, I would say, seven or eight years older than me. That's right. all. We went out to, but he always looked 112. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went. Uh, the, the press agent uh, said wanted to do a a, a spread of yeah. the two of us, and Abe said uh, he said something like uh, maybe we'll go to a gym and you guys can work out together. So we'll get to you and Fish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I said okay, fine. You yeah. know, and then he said. Uh, I used to play a little a little handball. You want to play a little handball? <laughs> I, they had a, th- a th- what do you call it, a closed court? You know? yeah, 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 handball, handball court. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I said, sure, you get to all these pictures of us playing. He killed me. <laughs> he killed me. He was a handball player uh, in New York. He you set know, you up. had all those uh, handball courts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where he lived. He, that was his deal. He had. He was a monster. He killed me. Who would have figured? You know, I'm looking at this guy. I thought he's a, exactly. I thought he's a hundred. <laughs> I wanted made to, me feel great. I wanted to ask you too, and I don't know. I, I hope this is true. Did you do voice dubbing work? Oh yeah. For Toho, for a couple of Godzilla films. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so I have listed here Godzilla I, versus the Sea Monster and Destroy All Monsters, which are two of my favorites. Oh well. <laughs> I obviously made it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I. What was that like? Well, I got to tell you, I I've had an incredibly lucky career. Yeah, incredibly lucky. I have never had an honest job in my life. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I have never worked in a nine to five job. Yeah, ever. I never waited on tables. I never drove a cab. I never had to do any of the things because I was. A, because I was a musician, I could read music. Consequently, I was able to do singing commercials and, you know, choral work. Yeah. And and um, I found out that musical people are very good at what they called looping in those days. Right, matching. Matching. Yeah. Where yeah. They, in those days, you had three networks. And, if, and uh, the independents didn't have all that much material to put on. So they bought... B pictures from from uh, Europe, yeah, in all the languages, and we would go into the. Uh, they would r- write a new script in English, and we would put the words into the mouths 
of. Uh, so I did some very good pictures too. I did uh, War and Peace, the, the really? Russian War and Peace that actually won a, a, an Oscar, I think. It's like a six-hour movie. Yes. Yeah. I was in that. I did Z. Remember Z? Z yeah. from uh, I was Trompignon yeah. in Z. Wow. I did. Um, I did. I am Curious Yellow. Oh, which is sort of a quick soft was, porn. Which was the first of the soft poor <laughs> soft core porn <laughs> what? movies what? to make. <laughs> To, to be, uh, this is killing me. Yeah, You're telling amazing. me how Lyndon did porn, voiceover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and among them, uh, all those Japanese pictures. I did the, I did all the Swedish pictures. The um, um, Ingmar Bergman. Ingmar Bergman. Pictures. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That well, I had no. I was very that's good amazing. at it. Obviously, uh, if they're using your films, yeah, a musician because a lot of it is rhythm and staying on beat. Rhythm. Yeah. You watch a guy's mouth right and you get the rhythm of it yeah so that you can say the line in the same rhythm and matches uh, uh, lips that's I amazing i want to say that i saw you as a kid and maybe you can verify this is just a false memory or not but you were singing on stage it was a live event and it was like a rah-rah america type of thing robin williams was in it and oh you're talking about uh, that was on television yes yes that was norman lear's yes show norman lear did um what was it? What's his group? Uh, uh, up with people? Or? No, it's not up with people. It's uh, but you sang a duet. Uh, to I, a, I, it was actually a, a quartet. Okay, and that was interesting because I had done that song before. It was, it was like amazing. a John Philip Sousa song or yes. something like that. What yeah. it was? There's a fascinating story behind it because the lyrics were by Sheldon Harnick. Okay, who was my you know a dear friend and wrote the Rothschilds, which was. Um, in a, Anyway, um, he had been invited by the Los Angeles School District to write a lyric to Stars and Stripes Forever. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yep. And, uh, you know, there are different voices. Right. And he wrote a lyric for that. And the other one, had another lyric. And then it becomes four doing it together. It was cool. I remember that. It was wonderful. It stuck with me. The thing is, it was never done because uh, politically, where were we? This was uh, <laughs> early eighties. Uh, no, actually, it was seventies. It was like sixties that he that he got oh. the the, the um, that he wrote it. Okay. okay, wasn't shot till okay. the late seventies or something. But the point was, he chose as his metaphor for the stars and stripes forever protest. Yeah, that the fact that we have and and. We have we, that right. We have the right to yeah. protest. Yeah, yeah. So it was called the man with the sign. Okay. The man with the signs, a friend of mine. Da, ba, ba, ba. And and he, he glorified protest. Right. Okay. Which didn't go over too well <laughs> with a lot of uh, <laughs> parents <laughs> of the yeah. L.A. school district. And so it was never done. Wow. I had heard about it from Sheldon as, you know, personally. And uh, I think we did it once at a church or something just to try it. And then Norman came up with the um, uh, America. What was his, that's the name of his group? I can't think of yeah, it. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. Find him. Okay, good. I'm glad you verified that because I thought <laughs> yes. I remembered. I'm like, you know what? I need to ask Mr. Lyndon that himself. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but singing on stage and 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 performing, you've won a you won a Tony. You had mentioned the Rothschilds, um, and and has that come back to be your love the the live audience 
It was said of me, when he's not near the show he loves, he loves the show he's near. Oh, that's cool. I have, uh, I, I, I love it, for instance, when people tell me they love Barney Miller. Or I show you in the Rothschilds, I love that, you know. But what really gets me when somebody says, I saw you in Philadelphia in a show <laughs> that closed in Philly, and you were terrific. Uh-huh. Because you put the same effort, the same sweat, the same love, the same everything you put into a successful part, you've put into an unsu- unsuccessful part. Right. So it's the doing of it. Right. You know. You love it all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, just doing it. Right. And it, well, this is a great opportunity to see something like this. Yeah. And do you can. of that with with the performance uh, of uh, in the mood? Do you uh, do you break out a saxophone or a clarinet? Do you play oh, clarinet? Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Nice. Well, I, I was asked to uh, do a, a a guest spot in the show. The show has been around for quite a while. They do a, and I'm doing a guest spot in it, uh, mainly because my background is the same. You know, all the big band background and having been there, and I've got. A couple of numbers that really fit, so we're going to put them in, and we'll see if it uh, if it makes it better. <laughs> I may be around. <laughs> have you have you ever performed uh, in in your career uh, the Barney Miller theme? Because that is an iconic performed piece of music. It. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I use it. it in my concert act. Okay, but you've never uh, you never played to it. I don't no, think it's a sax part. Correct me if I'm wrong. As legend goes, that original bass run at the beginning of that was improv, improv. during the. Re- okay, that was improv. not. It was. Um, the- this part was written coming up. Right there. Okay. That was the tune. Yeah, that's the melody. And yep. as they when they went to record it, Danny. Yeah. Producer turned to Jack Elliott, who was the uh, music producer, and said, "Can we lead it into something? I don't know. Could you give me an intro right into that?" Right. And they turned to the bass player, who is famous now for this, I, whose name, unfortunately, uh, yeah, uh, and said, "Give me four bars. Give me eight bars leading in." And he came up with Dum, that. That is iconic. And yeah. I became Isn't that iconic. wild. That's, That's so excellent. funny. And wow. he only got paid for the date. He <laughs> right, yeah. He wrote that. He wrote <laughs> All he got was the gig. All he had. He got, well, he got a lot of gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working <laughs> musician. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, listen, we're so glad that you came by here today. Pleasure. Fans Pleasure. for a long, long time. Yeah. And we are those people who absolutely loved Barney Miller and, and still do. So Great. We're, we're so glad you came in. Thanks a lot, Hal. Thank you. Thank excellent. You. Hal Linden, guys. Yeah. The Preston and Steve Show. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay there. Springtime is in the air early as we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020, Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Disturbed. Royal Blood. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Crowbot. Dirty Honey. Mongolian Metalheads. The Who. And Jackson's Local Shots opener. Foxtrot and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th, BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 
I have some odds and ends here. That's by the way. Wait, wait, wait. That's a new, a new feature. A new, well, I don't have music I'm for that. Sorry. I've already done the junk drawer and notice her this week, so I it's figured it's time to go down to the general store and pick up odds and ends with Preston Anahan. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, <laughs> Do you have something that matches that voice, Case? Well, the Civil War music, but uh, I don't know. So, uh, it could be contemporary. Do you have Pentecost Junction or something like that? Green Acres. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's time to go down to the general store to pick up some odds and ends <laughs> with proprietor Preston Anahan. Oh, I work there. The proprietor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd be wearing an apron. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, Sam Drucker. Like Sam Drucker. Exactly. Like uh, Sam Uh, Drucker. You know what? I have something here. What? Does this work? Okay, try it. Come ride the little train that is rolling down the tracks to the junction. Ready, go. Junction. Forget about your kids. Oh, we're the only two old uh, know, know this. Well, dude. we also know that all the, the hot women in town would swim in the town water supply. They would, yep. Mm-hmm. And you, so see, you see, like, later on somebody drinking a uh, tra- Hey, this tastes like your sister. Yeah. It is time to relax at the junction. Part of all those rural comedies that were very popular in the oh, 1960s. Yeah. You mentioned Green Acres and, uh, you know, Beverly Hillbillies. And- when was he Hall? Was that 70s? Uh, late 60s, 70s. Okay. You know, the Goldbergs make a reference to Hee Haw for exactly the same reason about that you and I would watch it. The, the honeys. The Hee Haw honeys. Yeah, most definitely. And I think it would have been early 60s, Nick. I'm not 100% started, sure. Uh, Hee Haw started in 69. Yeah, It okay. started as a political commentary show. Nick. Oh, it did. And, and then, then it just for became... some reason, <laughs> it spiraled into country music yeah. and stupid gags. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a little tidbit, a little odd. Wait, or are we end. doing tidbits now? No, we're doing odds and ends. I don't have anything for tidbit. Okay, sorry. Uh, but I never noticed this. There, uh, you don't, you you can't find many mirrors in Disney World bathrooms, and I was not aware of this. This is a, and it was a deliberate decision, according to uh, Jessica Mitchell, who is the owner of. Who's Des- very ugly? No, Destination <laughs> Magical Kingdom, which is a website with reviews of Walt Disney World, huh. and says that most of the restrooms don't have mirrors above the sinks. Uh, but they do have at least one full-length mirror at the restroom exit. Uh, and they say that this is to help reduce instances of vandalism and also means that people spend less time in the bathroom. Uh, in other words, there's no line at the sinks, so people are free to spend more time and money in the theme park rather than checking their face or whatever they may be doing. So our bathrooms have a big a mirror over the sinks. Do you look in that? Uh, the last thing I want to do... Listen, my face is unpleasant to begin with, but bathroom lighting mm. is the worst lighting to take a look at yourself at. No, but I do watch Matt Calper watching him, <laughs> looking yeah. at himself in the mirror when he's in there. Really? It's sick how good I look. <laughs> sick. <laughs> look at how my product makes my hair stand up. It's only on Wednesday. Sick. <laughs> it's Wednesday, I think he, he works out before yeah. he comes to work, and then he cleans up looking in the bathroom. Looking by the ears. Yeah. And you can smell his, uh, his hair product. But I wonder good why he doesn't do that at the gym, like in the gym locker Maybe he's still a little too sweaty at that point. Well, he yeah. probably showers Sweat. there. Sweat. Oh. Sweat mixes with my barbasol. Yeah, but just because you shower doesn't mean you stop sweating. Uh, one thing I did notice... I produce some natural musk. <laughs> in one of, the, uh, one of the Disney World bathrooms, it was pretty cool. In the area where they have uh, Tangled represented... Inside the bathrooms, they have uh, frying pans hanging up on the walls. Do I they? thought that was so cool because Flynn uses that. And so, yeah, does, yeah. so does she as a yeah. as a weapon, the frying pans. Yeah, the little touches like that are great. Uh, here's another Otter End, if you will. Um, this is... Yes. Welcome to Otter End.
end. <laughs> Odd or end. Oh, I'm sorry. Odds and ends. I'd like to go to Otter End. <laughs> Otter End. Well, yeah. hang on. Must be new to Otter End. <laughs> we make love to our sisters. Sorry to mean to hit the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa sent over perhaps a different uh, okay. music. Odds, odds and ends. Odds and ends. Oh. Here we go. I don't know. It's time to head down to the general store for odds and ends. It's good, but it's a little overmodulated. And it's a little. It's a little. This is from Fortnite, so we would need something a little bit like ding, 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 ding. Yeah, a little more yeah. laid back. Right, I right. Saying. Little, With the hee haw honey sitting little, on the porch, fanning themselves. Less, less tempo. Find some banjo music if you will. All right. I'm gonna... If you can find a Junior Samples master mix. <laughs> junior Samples. He didn't even play anything. No, he was just a, 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 a real idiot. hardcore redneck that yeah. they hired for the show. Yeah. Okay. Guy. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, mate. <laughs> this is it. It's time to head down to the general store. Why? Oh, oh no, it's Rainbow Connection. <laughs> All right, sorry. Just loop the beginning of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. All right, how about this? Most people take their couch for granted. We just got rid of a couch. Yeah. Uh, because it had run its course, and mm-hmm. we, we gave it. It was now, it was still in good working order, so we gave it to the Salvation Army. Very nice when you can do that. But, um, but it had... Um, you know, it had just kind of been beaten up, and, and somebody could still use it. But it, the, a poll found that the average American couch is six years old, and it holds a dollar fifty-five in change in it, mm-hmm. and has been cried on seventeen times. Oh wow! <laughs> Before being brought home or in the furniture store? <laughs> no, this is uh, the, you, 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 you've had it for six years. The poll questioned uh, two thousand Americans and revealed the typical couch has been napped on thirty-six times. Well, that's a little low. Yeah. Over over six years? Are you kidding me? When you get a couch, and I we were talking about this. Uh, I'm a big fan of sectionals. I like I like that sort of you know. It's, it's, so we have a room with, with the biggest TV in the house. It has a, a sectional that, that you know curves around. It's really good in our smaller room with you know the uh, quote unquote TV room or living room dining room. It's just like a two or three seater, but it has it's sort of a, a couch that has a recliner aspect to it. Yeah. Um. And uh, but. I'm I'm very I know you are too, Preston. Very precise about how you sit in it, yeah. how far you sink down in it, and all those things. Yeah. I like I like tangible armrests that you know I, I can sit in the couch and go nope. Yeah. Or yes. Does it say how much food is in the couch? Mm, Let me see here. uh, It's nursed uh, people through twenty-one sick days, hosted (laughs) thirty-two social gatherings. (laughs) Seventy percent today. My couches suck. (laughs) Seventy (laughs) percent. Seventy percent of respondents rated their couch as comfortable overall, but more than twenty percent said their couch is faded or outdated. Uh, less than 44% say that they were proud of the way their home looks, and 10% went as far as saying that they're embarrassed by the appearance of their home. Okay, so it's that from the couch. Um, but we have, I think we go through a couch about every we, four years. Four, I mean, well, we well get, you have a whole family that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets beat up, and and after a while, we look at it and we're just like, we need, we got, we need something new. So this time around, we bought a sectional. Uh, and we, I, I'm like, I want that entire wall to be couched from one end <laughs> right? to the other. I love that. And it's it's an L shaped thing, and so we've got the biggest couch we've ever had. But you can just add pieces, you know, because so there's sections. Did. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I moved a couch when I moved out of my apartment to my house that I shouldn't have, and I, I kept it yeah. for longer than I should have. I mm-hmm. should have bought a new one, but while you know while moving, never should have brought it over. And uh, two nights ago, I was taking a walk. 
uh, with my girlfriend and saw we saw a couch out at the curb that somebody was just throwing away, and I, I was looking at it, and she just turns to me and she's like. No. no. <laughs> what, to take it home? Well, I was eyeing it up. Oh, it was my a nice God. There'd be, there'd be no way. There'd be no nope. way. I don't. And even if it came from the cleanliest family in the world, I, I no. would not trust it. What about Craigslist? Or <laughs> no. Used couch? No. No. Okay. no. I couldn't do it. Do you guys lay on your couches? Yeah. I, I know it's a kind of a silly question, but... Yeah. Some people only sit I stand on, on their, mine. On their, on their well, couches. every every section reclines, so yeah. in a sense, I'm laying down. But stretching all the way out and laying down, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I have uh, a couch and a love seat, and uh, but on both of them, they recline. The ends recline, and I have found this thing. I, I love it because if I lay on the couch, I will recline. Do you on yourself? I will. I try it. I just can't reach it. Of course. You. <laughs> uh, no, what I will do is I will extend the recliner where my where my head's laying, and that kind of acts as a table where I can leave the remote and my phone. Sure. I, I, I love that. I will extend the uh, the recline or the you know the footrest part of the reclining part so I can have a little more room to I can man spread a little bit and lay mm-hmm. out like that. But this couch, the couch is so big that in in just the one long section, both Rochelle and I can both stretch out completely and lay down fully on it. That's how full sixty nine. Yeah, full, we can do full sixty nine. <laughs> Dude, you guys are tall, man. So that's a yeah, big ass. It's couch. a big couch, and I, I, I'm very happy with. I it. I love that though. Yeah. But you yeah. now, when you were shopping, was it a case where? You sat in it. And you said bingo. Um, yes. Or did you have to? Did you, no, but but I st- even after that, I still went to other stores and checked other couches and and tried them out. And uh, but but that is the one I kept coming back to. I went to the store three times. So we were just to check on it. Lauren Feldman, who's a former calendar girl, is is, is actually now a, uh, a, a a designer, interior designer, and all this stuff. She's worked with my wife Claire when we've been in this house for just a little bit. And so she helped us with getting this sectional cut, and I was like, I was very, I'm like, man, I don't, you don't sit in it right, you don't. And she kept saying, sit in it for a bit, and as you start to sit in it, it will work down the way Absolutely. you want it. Oh yeah, yeah. And That's she says, part of the reason why we got rid of this last couch is because the the. Um uh, the cushion. You're sitting too low. Had settled down yeah, too far. You're like Jerry Lewis, like yeah. look away. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I will say. Um, I think. Um, Theoretically, a power recliner sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we, um, we passed. But, not, not always. But the, the problem is... is, that, is that, I'm sorry, does it have like a motor in it? Yeah. yeah, like you hit a button, kind of like the movie theater. Okay. You know, like when you get a, a, a recliner. Yeah, it seems too much. Well, the, the it's, problem it's is... It's something to break. Slow. Yeah. Well, yeah. A, it's something to break, and then B, what I found is when you want to... Uh, put the recliner down, you want to do it quickly. You don't want to go, right. Like somebody comes to the door, you're like, hang on a second. I know. Yeah, yeah that's just, that's why we went with the manual one. Yep. And it costs you more. Yep. Uh, and, it, and it moves slowly. Yep. It's ridiculous. It's probably the heavier. Wor- the worst thing, too, also is when you, so we have, wherever I go, wherever my <laughs> wife and I are, there's going to be 15 animals. Yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, and they get comfortable on the extended. Thing, so then I have to like limbo off the sofa or you know the extended thing, and then when you get out on that end, that's the mechanical part. Yep. It's not really that well braced, and it's like, gee, that's a pain in the ass. You think Bill approves of this conversation, or is this too privileged sounding? Do have a recliner? Do we have a couch? We have Al Bundy had a recliner. We have a power recliner. Power recliner, but not everyone can afford electricity in the furniture. You guys, not everyone can own a quip. Do you guys have your your spot? 
you're it's like when you no. walk in the room and hey, that's dad's spot even if somebody's sitting on it like because no. my dad had his recliner yeah. and if i if i had been sitting in that recliner for two hours and my dad came into the room i stood up and i left and i and i gave I him never that came spot. Back. <laughs> and i never came no. back doing everything back. you know what you asked me about this uh not that long ago no i i don't have a i'm, I'm all over the place yeah uh, I, I yeah i so on, on our on our couch in the uh den i guess you'd call it uh in the on the on the main floor i have my spot uh claire has a spot where it's it's always sort of extended out so yeah. she likes to lay down and i like to have the option so yes i do have my spot I and had then it. i do have my but i'm not i'm not if she were to be sitting in my You're spot i would big slap her yeah, yeah. yeah. i had a, <laughs> a bit of a hissy fit because i have my spot and then I came into the room, and and all of my spots were gone. And so now the problem is, is if somebody comes into the room and I'm not in that spot, they they throw it back at me like, oh, how come you're not in your spot? I'm like, how come I pay all your bills? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me go to Chrissy quickly. Hi, Chrissy. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hey, what's up, Chrissy? Um, I'm just calling. You guys are talking about uh, how long you keep sofas and yeah. and you know what you do with that. And well. We got our sofa. It was at Value City, which is like bargain basement of your furniture, like before we first got married. Um, and we had that. I'm a very frugal person. <laughs> you could put it nicely. And we kept it for 16 years. We had that sofa for like 16 wow. years and through everything. I mean, we have three. We Well, at the time, we only had two kids. Um, kids, everything. We have, you know, we had a dog. And, and I mean, it, it didn't smell bad or anything. It was pretty good. But yep. I always said, no, it's good. Good to keep, good to keep. And we finally decided the the thing that broke it was when um, I went into labor and my water broke on the sofa. Oh. <laughs> and we finally decided. And then because we had my my son, my, my third child I had at home. So after that, we're like, well, maybe we don't want to sit on that sofa. Yeah. When the, so it might be the, a good idea. To wow. The comforter on the couch <laughs> is your placental sack. It's time yeah. to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. When it's squishy with amniotic fluid. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You may I, want to I pass. Do everything on this. We can go all the way through and move to a different room. But yes, on the sofa, water. When you're reclining. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I totally understand noise. that. Yes. Don't mind the couch. It makes okay. squishing noise. Some of my cooters. Yeah. Oh, God. Thank you. Some of my innards are stuck in the gears. <laughs> oh, my God. They have gotten better at uh, couch technology because the old sleeper couches weighed 5,000 pounds. Yeah. And, and I, got, I bought one uh, not that long ago, and it's much easier to move around. You're exactly right, Nick. So upstairs we have, again, we have a, a convertible uh, in the sectional upstairs. My wife, when I first started dating <laughs> her... <laughs> We moved, helped her move from one apartment Ugh. to the other. She had this old, it didn't even have like, it, the weight of it, 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 there was no no need to put legs on it because wherever you put it would be, it, it was drawn to the center of the earth and eventually <laughs> created a, a black hole. It's so, own gravitation. We're moving this goddamn thing. Uh, you know, it's like Preston, the old TV sets we talk about. Yeah. 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 Trinitron. Did you ever entertain the notion that someone would want to move this? Right. Because we... We were stuck on the stairs, and then I, li- I literally had to remove the, the bed mechanism from the couch, unscrew it all. While it was on its side, wedged in the stairs, mm-hmm. we couldn't get it up. Yep. Uh, let me go to Mark. Hey, Mark, good morning. Hey, good morning. Sure you can. Yeah. Sure you can. <laughs> Very good. What's up, Mark? Uh, so I have a specific spot where I like to sit, and the what I've done is I've taken an extra piece of foam and I put it under the pillow so that my fat butt, you know, doesn't sink into the couch. The rest of it, it's a very nice couch. We've only had it a few months. 
And the kids know that when Daddy comes in the room, that's my spot because that seat cushion sits up about two extra inches. Okay. For my... So it, it's clearly marked where you are. Okay. Oh, absolutely. When I come in, there there's a delineation. There's a, a, a corner that is directly in front of the TV, you know, for video games and movies. And yes. Such. And... And that spot, there's usually a pillow by my right arm. And then even if the kids want to cozy up, you know, they cozy up with the, with the pillow in between and on Daddy's fluffy seat. And when I come in... If on Daddy's on, fluffy seat. Yep. I'm like, okay, kids, scooch over. It's time for Daddy to sit down. Oh, okay. So I thought, Mark, I wasn't sure I was going to ask if you just walk in and just kind of freeze. <laughs> and everybody um, knows. Usually, I I don't have to say anything. Sometimes I just you know scooch and okay. they'll, they'll they'll cuddle up. Get up, with me. got it. <laughs> but, Get up now, <laughs> Daddy wants to sit Thanks, on this fluffy seat. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Make um, you move. I love. I was almost laughing just looking at this one. Let me go to Josh. Hey, Josh. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, Josh? <laughs> so uh, my grandma. From the time I was born, they lived in the same house and had the same couches. And it got to the point where my grandfather's recliner that he sat in every single day, it started to tear. The uh, the lever to recline it had broken off. And she waited to the point where he had to make a vice grip out of pliers in order to recline the seat. So you had a wrench <laughs> to recline. That's how long they held on to it. Yeah, and I'm 21 now. They just got new couches this year. <laughs> so, Josh, when that starts to happen, too, when it, when it, they get that old, they start to become uneven. And it, it, it like it like bends, and it's just it's not quite right. You're getting scoliosis and paralyzed, and mm-hmm. and your spine's being effed up. But it, it, listen, I, I get holding on to something Thanks. and not wanting to be wasteful, but yeah, get uh, a new one. By the way, I, I'm, we're going to stick with this. But um, here's here's another theme for uh, odds and ends. Let's see, right, th- let's see if this one works. Yeah. It's time to head down to the general store <laughs> for odds and ends with your proprietor, Preston Elliott. Yeah, that works. Uh, we're talking about uh, couches, and uh, the average American couch is six years old. What uh, was the weirdest thing you ever found in a couch? Wow. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Did you find what? Well, kind of think about couch memories. Uh, my parents went away when I was a senior in high school, and I had a party, and my friend Brett threw up on the couch. Like... <laughs> And we never got rid of it. So, like, I guarantee you, <laughs> there that, was dried puke that, in the there couch. There was dried puke somewhere in that couch. But I'm in, the, I'm in the kitchen, and my sister comes in. She wasn't there for for most of the night. She goes, uh, "In case your your friend's thrown up on the couch." I was like, "Oh my god, no, no!" So I went in. I go, "Hey, you know, Brett's laying there, blah, just barfing on it." I go, "Hey, man," um, and I'm like gagging. I'm like, "Will you please, like, if you clean up the chunks, I'll, I'll get the rest of it," you know. <laughs> And he stood up, and he grabbed the couch cushion, and he just held it like this, and everything just went... Um, Slid right off. Onto yeah. the ground. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, you, you, you made take, it worse. You got- you're, you're, you're a reactive <laughs> puker, aren't you? I uh, No, no, I got a, a kind of an iron stomach, but I am a gagger. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> that sounded bad. <laughs> I mean, I can't take the whole thing in my mouth. No, you I can't take it all. Yeah, I mean, when I was trying to give myself oral pleasure, I couldn't do it. Your nose runs and stuff. That's right. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm going to go to Dave next. All right, uh, Dave, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, gang. Hey, what's up, bud? My wife and I got married in 1981. Okay. The very first thing we bought was a couch. Yes. We still have it. Oh, my God. Wow. 
37 years, it says here? 37 years. All right, let me ask you, Dave, is it in a main room of the house, or did it do the migration that sometimes couches make from the living room to the basement? We've owned four houses. It's always been in the living room. Wow, have you had to fix the cushions at all? No. Wow. Does anybody sit on it? (laughs) Very rarely, because our living room has always been used as a formal Living room. Oh well, there you go. Oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah that room kind of doesn't count. Those rooms right. suck. That's all right, though. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah, we turned our formal dining room and living room into a game room. Yeah, and we use it far more than we ever did those it, other things. We were talking about this that the the actual um, the actual classic kitchen. You know, sit sit in kitchen is yeah. is going away. Yeah, yeah. now they're kind of like blowing out walls and just yeah. turning it. That's called a great room, right? Right, so they're... they're oh, so, wait a minute. I the kitchen kind of bleeds into a family room, so now the kitchen... Yeah, we've got an open layout like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, let me go to Laura. This is kind of wild. Hey, Laura, good morning. Good morning. What's up, Laura? Thank you. you so much. What's going on? Um, I had a friend die on my couch. You had a friend die on your couch? Yeah. We were out the night before, blah, 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 and woke up the next day. I went to make breakfast, and he wasn't moving, and he was dead. What? What? Uh, Well, hang on a second. How did he pass away? The natural causes. Oh, my God. I think you blah, blah, blah blah, some important details. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Murderer entered the house. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Ransom note. Blah, blah, blah. Meth. Anyway. Wow. You say natural causes. How old was he? 44. Wait, wow. just out of so curiosity, natural. do you live in Conshohocken? No. Okay, because I, somebody stopped me in the park God. and told me a very similar story one time. I know. Sorry, continue, Did Laura. they use the term blah, blah, blah in that <laughs> conversation? No, I got all the okay. details. Yeah. All right, so, Laura, uh, Hitler comes into power, death camps, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, tell us the fate of this couch. Um, It wasn't too old, and he had died on it, and I couldn't. They pulled him down onto the floor, so I couldn't even walk in the living room for a while. Then I would step over where they pulled him down to put him in the body bag. Mm-hmm. I would step over that, and then after a while, I got to sit on the couch, but not where he died. And then I just said, "I had it has to go. My friend came over and said, don't be afraid, and she rubbed her butt all over the place and said, here, there's nothing there. He, you know, he's all right. <laughs> Wow. Okay, but but you ended up getting rid of it because somebody passed away on it. Yes, I, it took I'm a while though to convince that. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see. that. I mean, I mean, but they did the right thing. They they pulled the body onto the floor so people could still use the couch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, they had to get in the body bag. Yeah, and that became a footrest. How how long ago was this? Yesterday. Um, two years ago. Oh wow, well, Jesus! All right. Well, sorry fresh. about that. Sorry, Laura. Yeah, man. Uh, Let you know. Blah, That's blah, 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 blah. Dear friend dies on couch, blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. Used his dead body wow. as a footrest. Okay. I feel like I might, I don't know. I uh, be a little upset if that happened. Let me go to... Family murdered, blah, blah, blah. Let me go to Ian. <laughs> Hi, Ian, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, got it on, guys. Hey, bud. What's your uh, your couch story here? That's what we're doing. <laughs> Who died on your couch? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was helping a family member move a couch uh, probably, probably about a year ago. They had water damage to their home. During a storm, a tree fell in their house, so they had to move out. <clears throat> so when they were moving back in, they needed help, you know, rearranging furniture, all that kind of stuff. So one of their old couches, we picked up. Me and one of my cousins picked up, and it had empty uh, or full pee bottles. Wait, full bottles couch. of urine? 
bottles of your ice. Oh. And I, so what the, the cousin who who I um, was there with wasn't the one who lived there. So when the other one who lived there walked in, he's like, "Yeah, man, I just got. I just didn't feel like getting off the couch and pee in a bottle." Oh my god! He, he was so lazy he wouldn't get up to the, to the bathroom. He would just pee in the bottle and put it under the couch. Exactly. And there must have been about probably twenty. Oh my dear God. You know, Michael Jackson, and this is the truth, this is a story that was reported, Thanks. he would pee in bottles around the house and, and just leave them there. Howard Hughes did that, Howard too. Hughes, yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, guess what? Our buddy Ra's on the line. Hey. We're going to talk to Ra in a little while. What's up, Ra? Feminine. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man, man? Hey, you can, no one's mentioned having sex on the couch and how many times sex has been had. Ants. I know you and you know and your wife are doing the full sixty nine, but no one else <laughs> seems to be having sex. No, no, I, uh, but that doesn't, I mean, you well, know. In your earlier years, uh, a lot of banging on the, on the couch. A lot of times what you do now is you say, let's take this up to the. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. To the Arboretum I've house. I've blown a couch out. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. Good for you, man. So we move couches. The couch slides all over the floor and scratches up the wood floor. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, wow. horrible. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't want to give anybody my couch. If you're on a wood floor. It's got a true. lot of little little baby Raws in it. <laughs> Thanks for the warning, Ra. <laughs> well, Preston, you had a story. Oh, you had a story about his particular couch oh, yeah. that you couldn't you're, with John? Your, your high school buddies. It don't. Was the, uh, don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was yeah, a yeah. sign was, over it, too. Yeah, yeah. And there was another one. That uh, a few of us got crabs from. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It was uh, Gary's apartment, and uh, and Gary was a he was a whore, and uh, you know who and everybody banged on that couch, man. And like you <sighs> know, two, two or three of the of the of the, uh, of the crew ended up getting crabs, and we were pretty certain that it didn't happen from unclean women. It happened from being on that goddamn couch. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, it was nasty. Couldn't you wipe the crabs off with the dead bodies? I don't remember the fate of that. I remember one time, this is a weird little story. I'll have to handle this delicately, but I'm sitting watching a movie. And I was probably, I was a teenager, and I was wearing really loose shorts. Yeah. And I was under, like, an afghan or something like that. Oh, God. And I just, not unlike Casey, I had my hands on my crotch, you know, just for an extended amount of time. And I guess I was just kind of scratching myself. And after a while, I realized... I'm playing with myself right now. Yeah, yeah. Like I had no idea that until all of a sudden I'm yeah. like, "Oh my god, that's a, I'm almost there." And um, so you finished? No, I did not finish. <laughs> he waited till the family left the room. I stopped immediately. I'm doing this right here with the family, sitting on the couch, and I had no idea I was even. Dip- I was accidentally pleasuring myself. Sometimes you get in the zone. I guess so. Hey, you get in the zone. I wasn't even thinking about it. No, it was really weird. Uh, but you feel see. comfortable at home. Well, if you can't feel comfortable at home. Uh, then you can't feel comfortable. Can a man come home and anywhere make and love to himself in front of his family? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Hi. Uh, so you found something strange in your couch. Super strange. I was changing my second child's uh, diaper soon after he was born, and I realized his umbilical cord fell off. Didn't think anything of it. Looked for it. Couldn't find it. Thought it must have been in the diaper. And about a year later, took the cushions off, was vacuuming, and cleaning up and found this very odd looking thing, picked Ugh. it up, and there it was. My child's umbilical cord. Oh, oh my God. A yeah. rotting umbilical cord in the couch. Yeah. Did you guys save any of those? 
No. Oh, no. No, no, no. I think we might have one. Is somewhere. that a thing? Is that like a piece of birthday cake? Or uh, it's, well, it eventually, like wedding cake? Thanks for your call, by the way, Rebecca. It eventually falls off. And it looks it's, like a raisin. Yeah, and it's kind of this hard material. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like a almost like a giant scab is what it's like, mm-hmm. really. Well, you're in, you're in your and it's element in my there. zone right there. But um, I'm not sure if we saved it. umbilical cord. That's nasty. Anyhow, there's a lot of odd things. Odds. Odds and yes. ends. Uh, that you can find in your couch. But uh, the average American couch is uh, six years old, according to this Gallup poll uh, that was done. And uh, interesting. I, di- I didn't think that would warrant a bunch of stories. And it apparently, did. The, the American couch is a story unto itself. Born in America. Yeah, so thank you it's for... time to leave the general store now and leave the odds and ends to themselves. So we have goodbye to the proprietor, Preston <laughs> Thanks to you all for stopping by. The tip of that. Now, you all come back soon now. Come back we'll now. see you soon. That's right. All right, uh, stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. It's brought to you by the Philadelphia Fishing Show at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, February 21st through 23rd. All things freshwater, saltwater, and fly. PhillyFishingShow.com for more info. PhillyFishingShow.com. A university of North Carolina, a Greensboro student, found a man in her clothes going through her closet in an apartment just away from the college. In, in, wearing? Uh, what's that? You said in her clothes? Uh, wearing them? Yeah, or? man in her clothes. Huh. Yeah, wearing them, going through her closet. Uh, she said, I've been having pieces of clothes missing, huh. like shirts and pants, uh, said Maddie, a junior at the college. Items uh, make me look a little hippie. Uh, items were disappearing, and handprints were left behind on the uh, the bathroom wall. Oh man! And it wasn't until Saturday that she uncovered a mystery that she thought she and her roommates thought was a ghost. She said, "I just heard rattling in my closet. It sounded like a raccoon in my closet." And I'm like, who's there? And then somebody answers me, and he says, oh, my name's Drew. (laughs) Hi, Drew. Could you take my shirt off? She said, I open the door, and he's in there wearing all of my clothes, my socks, my shoes. And he has a book bag full of my clothes. (laughs) Police said that that was 30-year-old Andrew Swafford. He appeared in court on Monday. Maddie called her boyfriend as she calmly waited for help. She talked to the guy to keep him distracted. She said, he tries on my hat. He goes into the bathroom and looks in the mirror, and then he's like, you're really pretty. Can I give you a hug? Oh, my God. That's terrifying. He never touched me. The big question the women are trying to get answered is how he got inside. They said that their doors are always locked, and they did not see any damage to them. But what really scares the women is that this is not the first time the strange men have been inside their apartment. Said there were two guys in the living room one time. That was December 19th. The women alerted the leasing office. Uh, an employee confirmed that they changed the locks at that time but did not file a police report. Was everyone trying on her clothes? But Maddie and her roommate say that they've had enough. She said, I can't stay here. My closet, it stinks. Every time I go in my room, there's a bad vibe and I'm just ready to leave. So There's no way I would stay there. Yeah, totally. A verbal argument between family members allegedly led to a man strapping on a bulletproof vest on Saturday and walking through his neighborhood firing a Beretta 9mm handgun. William Kiefer Bradley Egan with aggravated assault. Deputies responded to a call about a man walking through the neighborhood wearing a bulletproof vest and carrying a handgun, which he was firing randomly. 
When deputies arrived, Egan fired at the deputies, aiming over the patrol cars before taking off his vest and fleeing into a nearby field where he was taken into custody without incident. I wonder if he was trying to do, like, a death by cop. He said he was, but he was wearing a bulletproof vest. That undermines the effort. Egan allegedly told deputies he became angry after a verbal agreement with his family and needed to take a walk to calm down. So he took his bulletproof vest and his pistol with him. I want to apologize to my neighbors. I went a little goofy, <laughs> but I hope the block party's still on. <laughs> a family member confronted him in the front yard. The two argued until Egan fired his pistol once into the ground and then at the family member's car. You know, uh, next time, take the walk in the uh, in the woods first. Uh, they ended up calling the cops and uh, hung out until the until they arrived. So uh, he is uh, under arrest for that. Hey, Kathy, you'll love this. A courthouse in Nebraska was forced to close for the day after a lawyer showed up covered in bed bugs. Oh. Listen listen to the story about this guy. Officials met and decided to cancel the remaining cases and send everybody home until exterminators could clean out the 9,000-square-foot building. Uh, The head of security... These are my clients, the bed bugs. uh, The head of the security said that uh, the lawyer was acting very nonchalant about the situation. He said, I don't even think he cared. The unidentified lawyer even shook... His bedbug-infested jacket <gasps> over the files of one of the prosecutors. Oh, my, oh my God. God. What a lunatic. Uh, the courthouse reopened the following day, and workers posted a sign at the main entrance advising people to check themselves and their homes for bedbugs. Kathy would have dropped the case right there. Uh, seriously. Oh, you got it. You got it. You yeah. got it. Take I would have pled guilty. Punitive <laughs> damages. Yeah. You'd play, you, would, you were the plaintiff. I'm, gu- I'm guilty. <laughs> Officials have not said that if the lawyer will, I'm be, guilty. will be responsible for putting the exterminator's bill or when the scheduled cases will be made oh, up. Oh, man. A 48-year-old woman from Florida, no surprise, was arrested after she alleged hit her boyfriend with a frozen pork chop. Damn it! Uh, police said that Jennifer <laughs> Brassard got into a verbal argument with her boyfriend. Oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> which, <laughs> which... Oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> which quickly escalated. During the fight, she grabbed a frozen pork chop and hurled it at the unidentified man striking him in the head. Then she turned some uh, sausage links into nunchucks. Uh, the dude suffered a, a big cut above a his... A frozen piece of meat, yeah. yeah. cut above his eyebrow and uh, fled home, uh, fled from the home. Authorities determined that Brassard was the primary aggressor in the fight, though right. they did not say what the two were arguing about. Pick your frozen cut of meat to use as a weapon. Uh, probably a skirt steak because it's kind of thin and it'd be like a like a you know throwing a frisbee okay. and the sharp uh, edges yeah. would like spin it. around so something like that maybe it, it, lamb chops have handles that you could wing it they do they do yeah you could do that or you could just throw pork chop sandwiches if yeah. you wanted to if they were frozen uh, the next oh, day shut a, up woman the authorities arrested Brassard <laughs> charged her with misdemeanor <laughs> domestic battery uh, all right this is an interesting one short one but I like it. Apparently, if you feed a seal a USB stick, you might still be able to use it later. Researchers from the National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research found a a USB stick in the poop collected by a vet examining a sick leopard seal in New Zealand. Wow. The poop was then sent to a researcher who kept it in a freezer for over a year until just three weeks ago when it was defrosted. The the drive still works. Look what I found. And contains (laughs) photos and videos of sea lions frolicking in the water along with the nose of a blue kayak. So was it in fact the USB stick of the seal itself? No, no, it was not. 
Uh, Those are family photos. Scientists have uh, posted a video from the stick on social media in hopes of finding its owner. Wow. All right, and we'll do one more and end with this one. An irate customer used jumper cables to repeatedly strike a store clerk who hit back with a broom. A 30-ish woman entered Star Deli. The uh, clerk, to the clerk, she remarked that she could sue the business if she were to slip and fall in the store, like just out of the blue. Yes. And she left the business and then came back to argue with the clerk. The clerk told the woman to leave because she had an attitude. She then purposefully knocked products off a store shelf before heading outside. Grabbing a broom, the clerk followed her outside and threw a snowball at her car. From inside her car, the woman grabbed a set of jumper cables and repeatedly struck the clerk in his face and neck. This is escalating. Uh, the clerk then used the broom to hit Do the Do you woman sell pork chops? In self-defense. As the woman left the store and drove off, the clerk called police. A witness corroborated the clerk's account, adding that the woman seemed intoxicated, so an investigation continued. How could you not bust out laughing? Oh, my God. He's got a broom. She's got jumper cables. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> They're going at it in the and park. That is what I have for you in uh, the Bizarre File for now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Robot. Tool. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, Steve, what's cooking? Well, Pete Davidson took a moment during Weekend Update to praise his ex, Ariana Grande, calling her wonderful and wishing her the best. Grande responded to Davidson's gesture by texting him a picture of her giving oral to John Lovitz. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is wrong. Larsa Pippen issuing a statement saying that despite their best efforts, she and her husband, NBA star Scotty Pippen, are calling it quits. Said Larsa, quote, if you wonder why Scotty has a long face, it's because he was born with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and finally, sort of teen mom celeb Farrah Abrams, uh, Abram canceled plans for boxing a match with VH1 nobody Nicole Alexander, claiming promoter Damon Feldman reneged on some aspects of the arrangement. Feldman is denying the allegation and says he has a backup fight ready to go. That pitched Chewbacca mask laughing mom against Ricky Rackman. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood trash. It's going to be a big bout, man. (laughs) Laughing Chewbacca mask mom. (laughs) Forgot about her. I I would like to share something, an observation that I made yesterday about something that I said and didn't realize until after I said it that I was actually quoting a movie. And I, there's no way I could have pointed it out or gone back because it was very, it was in a moment of, um, uh, my my blood was up a little bit. Oh. So. Which child did it involve? It was my daughter. <laughs> okay. Now let me ask, were you sorting socks at the time? Because we know that's when you get crazy. It was laundry. Aha! Oh, laundry is really the culprit in your house. It's the flashpoint yeah. for every, a lot of altercations with your daughter. Uh, just because. <laughs> uh-huh. Your poor did, daughter. To her. Folding laundry and things like that, I guess is a, it seems like torture to her or something. Because I mean, it kind of is. It, I hate it, too. Any kind of but work. But we all have to do it. Yes. 
I hope my friend Tony is listening because he has referenced that sock thing to me so many times. Oh, yeah. Because we have all lived it, Preston. We have all The sock thing, for those who don't know, is when I went from from (laughs) calm dad to demon in... A, a split second, the, the demon came out of me. My right. voice changed. I, you know, and I and I yelled. At you were my a demagogue. You went. You went right from from. Um, you were d- the dad of the year. You were <laughs> to the Tom upside Hanks. Down. Yeah. yeah, to the upside down. What is it? Uh, Bilbo Baggins? Is that the guy who? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and, no, from, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, Bilbo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for, <laughs> Bilbo. Uh, so where are my socks? So here's the deal. Okay. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> My kids, the kids are out of school. They they don't they don't do anything now, okay, so, oh, right? Exactly. This, this is where it starts. Yeah, they have nothing. They to got do. time. Yeah, my daughter had had a friend spend the night, stayed for a day and a half. They did nothing but play and swim and have a good time. All right, fine. Our house is a wreck. We have a house guests coming this week from Sweden. We're gonna have six people come and stay at our where house. Socks are very important. No, the house has to be clean. Okay, so we've got we have mountains of clothes that are clean that need to be put, folded and put away. That's all I'm asking to do. And so uh, everybody was off running running around doing other stuff. My daughter's just watching TV. If her friend had left, and she'd already had a couple hours just to kind of sit around and watch TV. And I'm like, okay, now is the time we got to get some stuff right. done. We need to fold some laundry. Ask her to fold laundry. Uh, what does she do? She goes and makes a sandwich. Makes a fluffer nutter. Fluffer nutter. That's the ultimate okay. F you to you. So listen, when you're done eating, please, I need you to get on this laundry. I need you to start folding this stuff that's around here. Please do that. Okay, right. fine. So she's done. I just now she's just licking the the uh, um, yep. uh, the knife with the peanut butter on it. And I'm like, okay, you're done eating. Let's get started on the laundry. Okay, so she's over there and she's kind of futzing with this towel, not really making any progress. <laughs> and she's there for a little while. And eventually, I come over. I go, okay, I, I've I've asked you nicely a few times now, and now I really need you to do this. We've got to clean up. And meanwhile, I'm over here on my laptop. Uh, making vacation plans for yeah. us. I'm doing work as well. Right. I just need her to help with this. The the boys are off doing something else, which is productive on top of that. My son's cleaning his room. My other son is at the vet with my wife. So everybody's doing something, except for my daughter. So, uh, so <laughs> and, I, it's, I, and it's beginning. I sit down, and the, the TV is on. It's, uh, you know, the, the Fuller House or whatever is on. She's watching that. And I see her with this town. Now I'm observing. Now I'm watching to see if there's any progress made. Because I've made the final warning of, look, I've been nice about this. Your blood is starting to boil. And I'm starting to boil. And I'm watching her. And the minutes are ticking away. She's on the same towel. One towel. For about five minutes. And scorched earth. Then that's when I came. That's when I came. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, and I raised my voice. And and she's like, I'm I'm trying to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. No, uh-huh. no, you are not. Uh-huh. I've seen and, trying. And then here's where it happened. I quoted a movie. I'm trying to figure and out. And I didn't even realize. I'm it. trying to figure out which quote matches. I know what it is. What is the, it? What is, what uh, did you, you quote Yoda? No. Oh no. There is no right, trying. Do, do not. There is no. Nope. Tr- oh. I go. So I, I and and it's it's a paraphrase, mind you. But it's a direct quote from somebody from a movie from a pretty iconic character that we know. Pulp Fiction? No, nope, not Pulp Fiction. But I go, I go to, I go. I was nice, and now it's time to not be nice. Roadhouse. And immediately I go. You just quote, you quoted Dalton. Yes. You just quoted Dalton, and I had like a split second to maybe reflect on it, and then back to Evil Dad. Uh huh. But I couldn't believe that I threw laundry. <laughs> It's going to be your regular Saturday night thing. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah. I could have gone, I'm going to go medieval yeah. on your ass. 
You know, like, there's all kinds of movies. You want to know why? Because pain does hurt. But I pulled Dalton out. And it made me wow. realize later on after I calmed down, I'm like, wow, I wonder if people occasionally throw a movie line out, yeah, you know, and, and if, in, in hindsight go, wow, I just quoted a movie. I didn't mean to do that, but I can't worry about that right now because I'm so pissed <laughs> off. Well, do you want to know why? Because quite often the, the writers have honed down the sentiment to exactly what you want to say. The bare bones. The up. bare bones. So they, they cut right to the chase. Mm-hmm. So quite often you will. I, I've approximated things in a, in a level of fury. Uh, yeah. Good thing she's never she didn't go to this roadhouse, Dad. Right, we're not the double deuce yeah, here, yeah, Dad. Yeah, good going, Swayze. Yeah. There's a story that stayed with my family for years. It was when we were kids, and uh, it was me, my brothers, and my cousin. We were all in Montauk with my family, and my dad was trying to go to sleep. And you know, you have a couple of families staying in a house. There's so much noise, and he kept he came out, you know, a few times, three or four times, tell us to be quiet. And every time he would leave, we would all giggle. Well, my mom was with us. Yeah, my mom was all. Also laughing at him. So that kind of enraged him that it was all the kids and her. So he came out one more time and he goes, I get no respect. <laughs> and we were like, and then we lost it. Right like, we just lost it. Well, my, I to, I've told the story before of my, my at, at this time, my younger brother was maybe nine or ten. Uh, and we were doing yard work. And my, my dad had the hedge clippers. We got Black & Decker electric hedge clippers, and he was going Morticia Adams on all our hedges down to sticks. It looked horrible. <laughs> and he was just butchering it, and we were the ones raking up all this excessive clipping crap that he was doing. Yeah. And so he goes, hey, guys, we're really getting a lot done. And we had just seen the movie Blazing Saddles. And my brother's eight or, eight or nine turns and goes, What's this we s oh, says the whole word mm-hmm. redneck, uh, which redneck. is a, di- a direct line from the movie. Oh, oh my god. god, that's great! <laughs> and and I, how did Dad react to that? He like paused for a second, and he was so proud that uh, that my <laughs> brother had quoted. <laughs> It, it uh, just it just became inert. So I had a friendship with a girl, and uh, this was uh, pre-marriage. This was fifteen twenty years ago, and the, she, I, I tried giving and giving and giving, and she never really seemed to reciprocate. It was one of those things where, like, I felt like I was the giving side of the relationship, right. and she was not. And so uh, our friendship ended in a fight. And one of the things that I said to her in the fight was. You never thanked me not once, and I realize it's from Groundhog Day when Bill Murray when the kid falls out of the tree. Yeah. Yes, and I'm like, and but I had the moment where I'm like, oh man, I hope she doesn't pick up on the fact yeah, that I'm yeah, quoting yeah, a movie yeah, yeah. because that like we all speak in movies speak all the time yeah, anyway, and yeah. that's I'm sure that exact phrasing came into my head that way because of that movie. Well, I used to, you know, throughout. Throughout my life, I've committed quotes and, and passages from movies that I've always loved for use later on yeah. for that very purpose. It's natural. Where, yeah. and, and again, you have, when you have people like uh, Dalton Trumbo and you have uh, you know great screenwriters who've already yeah. gone to the trouble of writing things exactly the way you want to say them, yeah. you might as well use them. Well, it kind of makes you wonder what they used to yell at their kids uh, before movies existed. You know, like stuff where, from literature, well, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's it's funnier. It's too yeah. brute. <laughs> yeah. It's funnier when you don't like you, Preston. Like you don't realize, and that it ends up being a quote. Like yeah. my story with my dad, he ends up in the end. He ended. He was laughing about it because he had realized what he had done. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Now, the same thing can go for song lyrics too, which yeah. is what Amy's going to talk about. Hi, Amy. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Amy? So, my husband and I love music and listen to The Who and Pete Townsend a lot. Um, 
And one time we were in the middle of a huge argument. I don't even remember what it was about. But I finally just turned to him without even realizing it. And I said, you think you have some kind of divine right to the blues? <laughs> and he realized what it was. And he just started laughing. So at least the argument ended. That's great. And then he turned to you and then he said, well, then who let the dogs out? <laughs> who? Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. Somebody said they use the, uh, that's pride, effing with you. Yeah. F pride. That'll get in your head. Yeah. And you can't handle the truth, I can imagine, comes out from time to time. That's a really useful one. You can't handle the truth. God, man, but I was just, uh, I made her cry, and oh, man, it was just You feel the worst when you have an issue with her, but it, yes. so she does it. She's it emotionally must, delicate, but yeah. I mean, listen, did she get it done? It needs to get done, man. Did, I, I just, you know, you at some point, I've got to. Oh. You explained it perfect, perfectly, though that that it takes five minutes and it's just one towel. One like towel. I know exactly that, and then you just fly off the handle, and you're like, clean it. Yeah. Would it be better for you? Not to yell and hit her instead. Oh, my no. God. No. no. No, that's a okay. bad thing. Mm-mm. Sorry, I, Steve. How about uh, orange is in a bag? Uh, I had, uh, you know, and then, I, and then I'm like, finally, after she calmed down, I'm like, show me how to fold a towel. And she does it in 10 seconds. And I'm like, Ugh. do it again. Yeah. You turn the TV off? I did. Yeah, yeah you, ha- you have to. to. You have to eliminate the distractions. I know. And you, I know. You're trying to be nice when it's, you know, trying to be nice. And then when it's. And then when you yell, they nice. go, oh, geez, well, why did you have to yell at me? You got to put the chain back on. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go to Bill for a movie quote. Hi, Bill. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, I was in the middle of a road rage incident. <laughs> um, guy followed me, tried to cause, tried to cause an accident. Whoa. Um, I pull into the Super Fresh in Bristol. Well, he used to be a Super Fresh. And... I was working at the time, so I'm sitting in the in, in the parking lot, filling out paperwork. This guy pulls up in front of me, blocks me in, starts screaming at me, takes his hands off the wheel, puts him out of sight. I think he's got a gun. Yeah. I have a knockoff sword uh, from the Highlander TV series in my back seat. <laughs> okay. So I pull it out. I pull it out, and I go, you understand the meaning of there can be only one, right? Nice. <laughs> Nice. He's like, you're a dork. <laughs> yeah, but you thought he had a gun and gun beat sword. Yeah. Fortunately, he didn't have a gun, but yeah. but he made. Yeah. Then you turned to me and said, "Listen, buddy, one day this super fresh will be gone." <laughs> and that put it in perspective. And look, yeah. and yeah. look what happened. It was he was right. right. He was no right. Longer was right. the guy put his uh, index finger to his chin and went, "Oh yeah." Well, all right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Let me go next to uh, uh, Angelie. Hey. Yep. Hi, is it Angelique? Angelique. Angelique. Uh-huh. Okay, hi, Angelique. What's up? Um, I was listening to you guys uh, talking about, like, yelling at your kids and quoting movies yep. or, like, song lyrics. Yep. And I always quote the Rolling Stones of my kids. Like, always. You can't always get what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I've used that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Then that, that's one of the most lucid pieces of uh, advice that you'll get. I, it's uh, it, Those are... Good. They don't understand it. Though. Yeah, they don't. They just don't understand right. it. Yep. That, and also, like, my mom always tells me, because, like, I'll yell at my kids, and then I feel big because I make them cry. And my mom's like, you know what? You can't be your kid's friend all the time. If your kid doesn't hate you sometimes, then you're not parenting right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the the, the part it the, worked for Sybil's mother. <laughs> the part that sucks is when I have to scatter shot everybody, and the one 
that I'm really not yelling at is the one that gets upset. Yeah, you know, which is usually my oldest daughter. Can can you? It must be hard. It's it's we have it sometimes. You know, when we have our our meetings and 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 there's something that it pertains to somebody in the in the in the group or this or the station and and there's so there's just a, a buckshot method yep. and so they're in the hopes the, the recipient will understand that they're the ones being targeted but everyone's like well I, i've never done that yeah and it's just it, it, it i think you you need to border collie that i know it must be hard to border that kill border collie uh, that kid away and say it's you let's take it to another movie then Let's go to uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Instead of punishing him, I'm going to punish all of you. Yeah. 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 Proper motivation. So that at night, everyone Mm -hmm. puts the soap in the towels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I'll just, I'll turn my, uh, I'll turn a blind eye. Yeah. uh, To that one. Uh, Let me go to Joe, who's quoted before. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? I was at a bar and there was this drunk girl. Getting escorted out, and I looked at her, and I was like, "You're too stupid to have a good time." <laughs> <laughs> That's a line from Roadhouse. That's a yeah, great yeah. line from Roadhouse. What are people doing here? Drinking and having a good time. You're too stupid to have a good time. I love it. Uh, let me go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, Mike? Well, over the weekend, I was working, and uh, I had three kids working under me, and I asked them to count and give me an inventory of about 40 pair of shoes. Okay. Two and a half hours later, they were still sitting there staring at the shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah. I said, guys, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> there you go. A nice one the from Hulk. the Hulk. Absolutely. Sometimes you got to throw the quote out there. Oh, that's the thing that was driving me crazy. I was just, I let the time go, and nothing had gotten done. <sighs> nothing. But listen, part of it's my fault. Yes, the TV was on, and you gotta you gotta eliminate the distraction. But um, did, did she she finally get it done? I dude, it was it was getting to the point where uh, she got some of it done, and then Michelle came home, and then it was like I'm going to bed. So I don't know what ended up happening. <laughs> Let me go to Dave. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. Hey, Dave. What's going on, guys? Yo, hey, buddy. Want to hear about guys. your uh, your quote? All right. So my quote is. From Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Van Wilder. With Gene Van Wilder? Yeah. There's there's no van in there. It's just Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah, so what's the quote? My bad. I'm, I'm still young. I'm no, no problem, man. Van Wilder. And, uh, so when, when, when I was out on the road the other day, this kid was getting into a road rage battle with a guy, and they pulled into a shopping center, a giant, Green yeah. Mall. You sure that wasn't a super fresh? <laughs> no, it used to be a super fresh. Now, be. now it's a giant. Okay, go ahead. But that was in Bristol. Yeah. yeah. The guy who owned it used to be a singer. This, this is Grimaw. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so the guy's yelling at him, and he's yelling at the kid, you stopped at the light, you're ruining everybody's day. And I said, hey, man, if you step out the car, you're going to break the rules. You stole fizzy lifting. Are you serious? That's hilarious. It just got all weird on him, and he had no idea what to think of it, and he left. You quoted the tirade at the end. Wrong, sir. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. Yeah. Yes, then he left. That's great. You lose. Good day, sir. (laughs) That's great. We used to play that clip a lot. Yeah, I I have. You You get a, sir. You get nothing. nothing. I love that clip. I have it. Uh, let me go while you're searching for that, Steve. Uh, I will go to, yeah, I'm curious what Dave has here. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning, Putz. Hey, what's up, buddy? He call you a Putz? 
I think so, because we had said putts doesn't get oh. used enough. Okay. Or no, it was pud. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, anyway, what's up, Dave? I Pud. My son, when he was younger, this was years ago, yeah. used to break his curfew all the time. Uh-huh. And he would always try to sneak into the back of the house. So one night I had enough. I sat on the back patio with the lights out and just waited. And he came in, so I tried to come in. And I confronted him, and he started giving me every excuse, you know, flat tire, herd of locusts, whatever. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? I said, I've had enough, and I'm blowing up. And I said, now, we're going to go in that house, and one of us is going to enter, and one of us is going to leave. Uh-huh. And then I realized where I took it from. Yeah, Thunderdome. Right Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, two men enter, one man leaves. Did you happen to have a dwarf on your shoulders at the time you said <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> remember Master Blaster? I do remember yeah, yeah. Master Blaster. You get Nothing. Oh, I love that. You club. lose. Good day, sir. Nice. Uh, let's see. I will go next to Adam. Hey, Adam. Good morning. Albie. <laughs> <laughs> Albie. La What's happening, ma'am? Hey, so I have a four-year-old who is very, very independent. She's very much her own person. At four years old, I can't get her to do anything half the time. And so we were talking about, we were driving down the road and we saw a cop and she was asking about what cops are for and everything. And I was explaining how laws work. And later that night, um, she had all of her toys in the living room. And I told her, hey, we're going to have to clean up these toys before we go to bed or we're not getting any dessert or anything like that. So she says, no, I'm not going to do that. And then I said, well, I'm going to send you right to your room then. She says, you can't do that. That's against the law. And I feel like my lip dropped exactly when I said this, and I just channeled Stallone and went, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> I am the law. I am the law. Yeah. Clean your room. Stop for a second. That was realize what I just did. Yeah. Yeah, you do, see, and that was the same thing with me. I didn't even know I was quoting Dalton until afterwards. I'm like, wow. They're, they they sort of sit there dormant in your mind, I these quotes. I used to, though, again, I, I actively would accrue things because I, I, I love I love the language and I love you know these these great passages like David Mamet and all this stuff that are just just they're they're just so well done and to be able to whip them out and you ever have you ever said one Preston in your life and had somebody kind of cock their head and go was that I've heard that before yeah yeah I can't think of any incidents in particular but I'm sure it's happened uh, I'll go to Tom next hey Tom good morning hey good morning everybody and I, hey I'm from Delaware so I'm not licensed in your state <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Tom. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, I am uh, retired law enforcement. And okay. uh, a couple of years ago, I got into a rather heated argument with my supervisor about how something should be handled. And he started giving me the company line. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of the outlaw Josie Wales. Oh. The movie, the memory. One of the best. So without, without thinking, I just said, don't sit down my back and tell me it's raining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's and he just looked at me and I walked out and that was the end of the argument. Nice. Josie Wales uh, has Thanks. so many great lines. That's uh, you know Tombstone has a number of quotable. Yeah, know, yeah, that are just that are just great. Law don't go around here, right? <laughs> uh, let me go next to John. Hey, John. Hey, what's happening, guys? Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. What's up? Yeah, so a couple of years back, my wife uh, first got her, uh, I guess, her learner's primary driver's license. Uh, we were just driving on the boulevard, and this guy cuts her off. So she's like, well, what do I do about this? So I said, well, roll down your window, extend your hand, mm-hmm. put up your middle finger, <laughs> and, and there you go. That's naked gun, right? Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah. I remember which one it was the first one, not the second one. But yeah, afterwards when we were driving, I was like, oh, okay. And Steve, do you remember that scene, Steve? I because absolutely remember. Yeah. You know who who told her to do that? Who? It was John Houseman? Oh, that's right. It yes. was a. It was a. It was a like a cameo right, in yeah. the movie. He was a driving instructor. Extend your hand. Yes. Yeah. Now roll Extend down your window. window. Extend your middle finger. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, let me go to Sean. Hey, Sean, good morning. Hey, Jersey Black Rock. <laughs> Jersey Black Rock. Jersey Black Rock. What's up, Sean? <laughs> oh, my God. So, a couple years ago, I got in an argument with this moron at work. who like, didn't really know me. I don't know how, I worked there for years, but he just had his head up his butt. So, he, he didn't do something he was supposed to do, and it kind of came back on me. So, I, I, when I ran into him, I said, I said, how the hell did you miss that? What, what, what are you looking at? He goes, who are you? And it just... It hit me, and I said it so quick and seamless. I said, I'm the guy that does his job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> What's that from? That's the from The Departed. Departed. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the other one that I always use whenever someone asks me, uh, how's life? I always say, taken forever from Kingpin. <laughs> Kingpin has. So, oh, there's a great line. Um, Thanks, um, uh, what's it? Where Vanessa Angel says, I'm every guy's type. Yeah, you, you remember that, that 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 whole sequence is just there. That movie is jam full of quotables. It's, you know, and there's ones that like I, I didn't get until a little bit later on. Like, what are you doing in there, Mister Munson? <laughs> Munson, flossing, flossing. <laughs> Where did I get Munson? <laughs> These kids avoided being Munsoned. Uh, I will go next to because I'm sure people have used this one before. Hey, Lauren. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, good what? Morning. What's up, Lauren? I have to admit that I quoted Ted Knight. Um, I was out with my niece, and uh, she didn't couldn't make a decision on what she wanted at the uh, snack bar. <laughs> and I quoted that famous line: "You'll get nothing and like it." Yes, I love it. that's a class. Actually, that's you that, know what? My I parents probably, used to say that year, years ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I used that a lot, and I you know it just didn't even dawn on me that. That's from a movie. That's yeah, from yeah. Daddy Shack. Yep. You'll get nothing and like it. I want a cheeseburger, no a hamburger. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, Alyssa. Hey, Alyssa. Alyssa, good hey, morning. Guys. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Nothing. Um, at the altar, when I married my husband, who it's been an ongoing joke that um, the brains in the family, he failed a couple of grades. Um, he said, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Forest. So he said that in front of everybody? Yeah, and half people got it, but he's a big fire scum fan. He always quotes it. Okay. Well, that's yeah. cute. I mean, for, and obviously Forrest is a is a, is a, char- a good character, a good guy. Right. He's an idiot. Right. But no, no. It's a, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, I will go to Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, Trisha? So uh, a couple of months ago, my uh, seven-year-old daughter, who's, you know, your typical little girl, likes to do arts and crafts. She's in the other room doing arts and crafts, cutting up things, gluing, and she turns around and she goes, my fingers hurt. And without hesitation, my 10-year-old son goes, well, now your back's going to hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Best moment of my life. Oh, you just pulled landscaping duty. That's right. Oh, really? Your fingers hurt? Well, now your back's going to hurt. Because you've just... I cannot be more proud. <laughs> That's from Happy Gilmore. Oh, Ben Stiller's character in that movie. Oh, my God. I, I love... Constantly throwing out lines for movies. I love it. Thanks, Trisha. Because he's constantly staring at her and doing the two fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the cutting across yeah. the throat thing. Shh. <laughs> What's the, uh, how about a nice warm glass of shut the... Shut, shut the up. up. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, too. 
man, off topic, completely off topic, but about as far as kids sassing back the the video the other day of that kid in kindergarten. We were talking about the teacher this. to shut the f up. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve and I, with Casey, and I said the same thing to you the other day. We were watching it in the in the office before the show, and Steve turned to me and he's like, you know, at, uh, stepping aside from how horrible this is. Pretty damn funny. <laughs> I, you know I, I busted mean? out it, laughing. It, it, it's reprehensible that this kid thinks that's a way to address an elder, and there's obviously something seriously wrong. Yes, but the reality that said, yeah, perfect. There's 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 a modern family episode where the little girl starts saying the f word, and they're trying to stop her from saying it, and and I think it's Cam can't stop laughing every time she says it, mm-hmm. and so it's the mixed message. Having a little kid. Say something. It's like when we toddler theater is predicated on that completely. Yeah, my true. my son had said it, but it was more of an f o yeah. than an f u yeah. sound, and so we don't. He was just. I mean, he was literally just learning how to talk at this point, and we had to make sure that like we didn't. We didn't react to it at all because, like, if they think it's funny, right. they're going to do it. Yep. If they get in trouble, they're going to do it. So, so if you give them zero reaction whatsoever, that's like kind of your best because we never said it in front of them. Well, you know, so he didn't get it from us. Growing up, um, when I was a you know, three, two or three, maybe very young, I have an uncle Jack who I used to refer. To, I couldn't say Jack; I would say C. I'd say Uncle, you know, yeah, like yeah. Rooster. Yeah, and uh, they everyone busted out laughing so much that they, uh, for years that's, that's all I called them. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, going back to the movie quotes, Nick and I uh, share a lot of movie quotes, and they're they're not iconic quotes at all. They're throwaway lines yeah. that for some reason we focused on from either Goodwill Hunting or A Few Good Men, and you guys do it all the time, all the time. And and we get in there. There are some times where we get into it heavy, like it, like there's like a week where we'll be really heavy on, and then it tapers off for a while. And I texted Nick, and I were texting back and forth about something, and he texted me <laughs> and said, "Hey, I've got to, I got an idea how to help you out with this." And then I fired back. Well, I'd be delighted to hear any suggestions that you might have. And that's from A Few Good Men. But it's such an obscure line. Yeah. But it's from a movie that you've seen so many times with such... It's an Aaron Sorkin-penned movie. So you, you get so deep in the dialogue, Steve, to your point of like yeah. being mammoth or, or something like that. You're like, holy crap, it's so well written, but it's... It becomes funny, even if it's a serious line. Yeah. When it when shared with among friends, it becomes hilarious. Or a lot of times, I mean, for me, always, I will look for ways to employ those lines, you right. know, to get to the point where you can use them because they're just so cool. And if you want to slam down on someone. If I ever feel like an idiot, Preston, I'll, I'll often just go to, well, don't I look like the F&A hole? Sure. And that's a Jack line from yep. the, A Few Good Men as well. Yep. Uh, let me get another one. We got a break in just a second here. I like this. I'm going to go to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. It's all good, my man. What quote uh, have you used recently? Well, I'm in sales, and I'll go into a, cu- a prospective customer, and they'll say, listen, my guy guarantees his product. And I'll tell them, listen, I can S in a box the market guaranteed, but all you got is S in a box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. From Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Listen, I can take a dub in a box market guaranteed. <laughs> you know, uh, I got the time. <laughs> Bad Santa has the, uh, oh, you know, man. it's a class. He just, it was a regurgitated line, but it brought it yeah. back. S in one hand and wish in the other. See which one fills up first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question for you. Reginald the butler. Yes. What is that? 
Is that just an MMR thing? Uh-huh. Okay. There was a character in the 80s and uh, on the morning show and on Pierre's show as well. Okay. Because I call my dog, because his name's Reggie, and sometimes I'll call him Reginald the Mutler. Oh. And I don't know. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. But you probably I, got it subconsciously here at the station somehow, and it just worked its way into your brain. I yeah. knew it wasn't mine, and I didn't know where I got it, if it was an MMR thing or if MMR got it from a movie or whatever. Yeah, it was Debella and Pierre, and then uh, it, was a, uh, it was a bit. It was a character that was created on the show. Okay. Well, it was it was just interesting. It's an observation I made. I was I was having an issue with my daughter. I was raising my voice at her, and then I said, "I've been nice, and now it's time to not be nice." And I took like a millisecond to reflect on the fact that I just quoted Dalton from Roadhouse, and then I'm like, "Okay, resume being mad." You know, like I had to switch. Yeah. Back, and I'm like, "Hey, wait a minute! Oh, wait a minute! I'm mad." So anyhow, the movie lines can creep into your life at unexpected moments. Though, so thanks for sharing. Did she look at you and say, "I thought you'd be, I thought you'd be bigger." I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been great. Argument would have ended right then and there, and we would have gone out for ice cream. <laughs> she would have done that. Yeah, you know, I would. I would have been so proud. Wow. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks.